House of Soul Alpha, Part 1 The Book of Micah Written by Jacob Veritas Read by the author This book includes themes of fantasy violence that may be considered profane, vulgar, or offensive to some readers. Reader discretion is advised. Chapter 1 Brother Micah Micah shoved the doctor out of his way, knocking his face on the cold hospital floor. He grabbed him by the shirt collar and slammed his head against the wall, nearly cracking his skull open. To make sure the doctor was unconscious, Micah kicked him in the stomach. He was forceful, but he held back his strength. He just wanted to gauge if he had accidentally killed him. The doctor was quiet and still, but still alive and breathing. Exactly what Micah needed. He placed both his hands on his hips and grinned at his work like an artist finishing his masterpiece. He let out a small chuckle, relieved that he hadn't killed the doctor. The sole alpha recruitment director stood tall and had dark brown hair with matching eyes. He was wearing a pure white suit and a gold tie, the fraternity's signature uniform. Micah's self-congratulation was interrupted by a heavy hand slapping him on the back. Through instinct, Micah threw a swift punch at the person behind him, stopping just inches when he saw who it was, one of his fraternity brothers. He was wearing the same signature white suit and gold tie. Damn, dude, couldn't you have just checked his pulse? Hayden Simpson chuckled. You could have killed the poor guy. Micah scoffed and straightened his suit. Just trying to have a bit of fun here. I get enough sermons from David as it is. Hayden held up both hands and smirked. <laughs> All right, Bretson, just chill. He turned around fixed his blonde hair with his hands, and headed for another area in the hospital. I'll see you later. As the vice president, Hayden Simpson was the second highest-ranking officer of Soul Alpha. Hayden narrowly defeated Micah during the officer elections, which resulted in an intense rivalry between the two men. Still, Micah knew that the two wanted the best for each other despite the occasional roast. Using the doctor's keys, Micah unlocked a door to a patient's room. With clear focus and intention, Micah's eyes flashed with white light as he used telekinesis to levitate the doctor's body inside. The doctor floated like a feather in the air, while Micah focused his powers with his hand. He tossed the doctor in the corner of the room while he prepared himself to do what he came here to do. Micah locked the room and closed the shutters so that no one could see him. He couldn't afford any interruptions. This patient's life desperately needed his abilities. The small room was an intensive care unit, reserved only for the most severe conditions. Various medical instruments were lined up on a counter, all of them shiny 
and sterilized, all of them useless compared to what Micah was about to do. Micah grinned to himself. Modern medicine had its use, but not tonight. They were just props that looked useful. With the doctor out of his way, Micah finished the first part of the operation. It was time for the second part. But Micah knew he had to be quick. Some idiot could barge in here and ruin everything. That would mean more work for him. Micah's phone vibrated. It was a call from Adrian, one of his fraternity brothers. It was probably just a routine call to make sure things were going along smoothly. Micah answered the call on speakerphone. What the hell is taking you so long, Micah? Adrian barked. David and Hayden finished four targets, each. Micah retorted with a sarcastic tone. Shut the fuck up. You're not even doing anything right now. Adrian chuckled his signature chuckle, grinding Micah's nerves. He sounded like a hyena who was breathing in some helium. <laughs> a high-pitched, almost whiny sound. As much as Micah hated to admit it, Adrian Alistair was the smartest guy in the fraternity in terms of raw brain power. Adrian was their fraternity's technology director. He entered Everstone University when he was only 16 years old. A true prodigy, Adrian was instrumental in making sure that surveillance systems recorded no trace of fraternity operations. Tonight was especially important. The fraternity brothers were on one of their frequent hospital raids. The raids were one of their most sacred traditions, one that was started by the fraternity founders themselves. Micah looked out the window. The full moon shined bright in the darkness of the sky. He felt its energy coursing through his blood, cold like ice, but soothing. It reminded him of the night he received his powers. It also took place on a full moon, two years ago, when he was still a freshman. Turning around, Micah focused his attention on a dying woman on the operations table. Her charred body was scalded from head to toe, a survivor of a deadly fire. She was sound asleep, from what Micah assumed to be powerful painkillers. Micah, what do you see? Adrian asked through the phone. She's burned to a crisp look. Micah pointed his phone at the woman to send a live video feed to Adrian. The technology director winced in disgust as he turned away from his screen. <laughs> Looks delicious, right? Micah laughed. He knew that Adrian always had a horrible tolerance for disfigured patients. Don't fuck this up, Adrian said, looking away from the screen. <laughs> fuck you, I got this. Micah chuckled and ended the call. After picking up the doctor's notes from the floor, Micah discovered that the woman was also fighting lung cancer. She was also a year younger than him, way too young to die a painful death. From what Micah could see on her ID card, she was stunning 
with long blonde hair. Micah focused his breathing on calming his mind, getting himself into a state of peaceful mental sharpness. His eyes flashed with a powerful white light as he took three consecutive deep breaths. He needed to be fully warmed up for this one. This patient wasn't any ordinary healing case. When his mind became clear and in perfect focus, Micah moved closer to the woman and touched her on the forehead. Her skin was flaky and rubbery, like rough leather. A blanket of warm energy escaped from Micah's hand and onto the woman's body. Covered with a layer of pure white light, a faint smile formed on the woman's face. In mere seconds, the woman's burns vanished, transforming into smooth, silky skin. Micah couldn't hold back a smile. This never got old, no matter how many people he healed. His three years of practice had paid off. He wasn't at the level of mastery like some of the alumni, but he knew he was on his way there. The woman was back to her beautiful self. Not a scar or burn remained. She seemed like Michelangelo himself sculpted her. Micah grinned again, thinking that he might have done too well of a job. Micah placed a clean blanket on the woman's body. Another miracle performed. Now there was just one more detail that he needed to fix. The doctor was still on the floor, knocked out with a bruise on his cheek. Nothing that Micah couldn't fix quickly, but that had to come later. Micah aimed his hand at the doctor, creating a bright white aura around his body. He used telekinesis to lift him to a chair. The next and final part of the operation was Micah's least favorite, but it was an absolute necessity to cover Soul Alpha's tracks. He had to erase the doctor's memories. Because of the doctor's closed eyes, Micah couldn't enter his mind using the first method, which was to make direct eye contact with him. He had to try the alternative way, which he hated. While imagining a dusty cloud in his mind, Micah touched the doctor's forehead to pull his consciousness inside. Entering someone's mind always made Micah's head feel like somebody was wringing it out. The intense pressure came from all directions, amplifying it every second. Once he felt like his head was about to explode, then it was a good sign that he had made it safely inside. Accuracy was important. Micah had to find the right memories. He felt everything in the thoughts he saw. Touch, sound, sight, and taste. Even pain. Messing this part up forced him to see weird memories he would rather forget. Once, Micah accidentally entered someone's memories of being hit as a kid. Another was when a woman was giving birth. All of this would make a therapist's mind explode if Micah ever talked to one. Indeed, the memories the fraternity brothers read stayed with them forever. Once initiated, Micah and his brothers became immune 
to their memory-wiping powers. Still, not all the memories Micah's read were strange. There have been some beneficial memories, too. Bungee jumping, boxing matches, skydiving, just to name a few. He stayed away from dangerous thrills like these in his own life. Reading people allowed him to experience them from a safe distance without risking his neck. Micah continued to scan the doctor's mind. The mental pressure was now at its peak, and he successfully merged with the doctor's consciousness. Micah was himself, but also the doctor at the same time. Having two minds took him some time to become acclimated, but he was able to balance out the duality of it all. He arrived at his first memory. Micah found himself studying for a final anatomy exam. Too far back, he went forward. Now there was a beating heart in front of Micah. A nurse handed him a scalpel and a syringe of orange liquid. Again, wrong memory. During the third shift, Micah finally got it right. Him, the doctor, saw a young man enter the hospital hallway. The young man wore a white suit with a golden tie. The young man was tall and had short, dark hair. One of those pretty boy types, but a little more intimidating, especially since he had a red scar near his right eye. He stared the doctor down with his dark eyes. He, Micah, smiled at this. At the risk of seeming like a narcissist, he knew that he looked especially handsome tonight. This was the right memory. Digging into the doctor's mind, Micah focused on reading deeper. He shifted his thoughts to him, predominantly being the doctor. He, the doctor, didn't know who this young man was. Was he a visitor of the burn patient? He didn't remember authorizing this. No visitors were allowed right now. He wanted the pest to go away because he was already busy enough. Now he had to deal with his intruder. The young man looked at him with determined dark eyes. He glanced at the patient inside the room, obviously plotting something. What kind of fool did he take him, the doctor, for? Young people are so damn stupid these days. The doctor barked at Micah. You're not allowed to be here, kid. Visiting hours are over, you hear me? The young man ignored the doctor, annoying him even more. I mean it. I'm going to have you escorted out if you don't leave right now. The last thing the doctor saw was the young man pushing him to the floor his face impacting the cold surface. He, Micah, felt shocked, disgusted, and ashamed while having a strong urge to wash his face. Micah focused again to give control back to his dominant consciousness. He imagined a white cloud engulfing the doctor's memories. While doing this, Micah felt every moment of pain he inflicted on the doctor. His push his punch, the doctor's broken jaw. Mind reading was an experience that the fraternity brothers could only describe as instant karma. 
the kind that hits people right away, without any hesitation. It was another one of the prices they had to pay to use their powers. After a few moments, Micah destroyed the doctor's memories of him. Exiting now was safe. Micah's sight faded to black. He detached himself from the doctor's mind, and their minds split back into two. His work here was done. Chapter 2 Brother Micah Micah opened his eyes and saw the doctor and his patient lying peacefully in the room. With a simple tap on the doctor's forehead, a white light from Micah's hand erased his face bruises. It was like deleting a horrible photo. It was over now. The patient and the doctor would never know that Micah was ever here. None of this would ever be credited to him or the fraternity. It was the way of Soul Alpha for over a century, since January 1st, 1869. The brothers of Soul Alpha, knights, swore an oath to keep their powers a secret. The purpose of healing people was not to get recognition or fame. It was to give to the community selflessly. All the credit went to the doctor and medical science, just as the founders intended. Now that he'd finished healing the patient, it made Micah's total healings to two tonight. He still had time to finish one more before he went back to the house with his brothers. Micah closed his eyes to take a deep breath, gauging how much power he had left. Given that this patient was hideously burnt and had cancer, Micah knew that he had to have used a tremendous amount of energy. A headache crept up on him but he estimated that he had enough power to save one more life, maybe two, if he pushed it. Micah's phone rang. It was Adrian again. What's the status on the burn victim? All done with this one, bro, Micah answered. Good, Adrian replied. Still have enough power for more? Micah paused longer than usual. His headache was growing worse heavier and heavier by the second. But there was no way he was going to back out now. The knight was still young, and he decided that this was an excellent opportunity to push himself. Hell yeah, man, Michael blurted out. Where to next? Sixth floor, room 66. A man with a full body paralysis. You'd better hurry. Micah closed the call and walked out of the room. He headed for the stairs and climbed up to the sixth floor. Each floor was quieter than the one before it. As he climbed, Micah's headache grew stronger. It made him wonder if he should have admitted that his powers were mostly spent. He felt like a rock with spikes was sitting on his head. Ignoring the headache as best he could, Micah searched through the silent hallways and found room 66 near the end. Micah peered through the room window. There was a young man who was physically frozen by paralysis. His neck was stuck in a diagonal position, 
His curious eyes looked at Micah with worry. He probably thought Micah was the doctor, ready to inject him with some more drugs. Nope, not this time. Micah had something that would actually help. Micah grabbed the door handle and was surprised that the room was unlocked. He entered the room quietly and closed it. Once he was inside, Micah gave Adrian a call. No one's here except for the patient. Good. Keep me posted. I'm wiping out your surveillance footage from your previous patient. Ending the call, Micah walked closer to the patient. Everything's going to be fine. I'm here to help you recover. Micah focused his powers in his hand, concentrating what energy he had left to give this man his health back. The white light was faint, almost non-existent. Micah almost forced himself to retreat, but he continued. To quit now was admitting his weakness. As Micah moved his hand closer to the patient, his eyes widened in surprise. The patient jumped off the bed, moving freely without any sign of paralysis. He glared at Micah with anger, clenching his hands into fists. Whoa, Micah said, holding both his hands up. His heart started beating fast. I'm not here to hurt you, man. I'll leave if you want. The man ignored Micah's peace offering. He cocked his head and eyed Micah with a violent gaze. He grabbed a sharp scalpel from a row of surgical tools and lunged straight at him. Chapter 3 Brother Micah A shot of adrenaline jolted through Micah's body. He couldn't believe he was about to defend himself from a patient. With a deep breath, he got into a fighting stance. Micah aimed his dominant hand at the man and pushed him against the wall with telekinesis. It should have been enough to knock him out. However, the man regained his composure and appeared to feel nothing. He pointed the scalpel at Micah and lunged forward, slashing at the air madly. What happened next caught Micah off guard completely. He almost couldn't believe it. The man's eyes glowed with a bright red light. He used his hand to launch a shockwave of chilling energy toward Micah. It felt like a bar of solid steel was thrown onto his chest. Before he could counter, Micah felt his feet being yanked off the floor as the man telekinetically pushed him against the door. Pain shot through his back as he tried to find the strength to stay conscious. Stop, Micah yelled. Admitting to the sting of defeat, he hoped that this would make the strange man spare his life. But the man pursued forward until the scalpel was a foot away from Micah's face. Summoning the remainder of his energy, Micah used his telekinetic powers to pull the scalpel from the man's hand and stick it onto the ceiling. Micah was relieved that the scalpel was gone, but before he could blink, he was met with a fist, pounding his face against the wall. 
Blood flowed down Micah's mouth, tasting of hot metal. He hadn't been in a fight in years, but he had some memories of other people's fights. The pain was just the same as he remembered. What are you? Micah grunted, looking up at his attacker. Why are you doing this? I would not ask such questions if I were you, the strange man replied in a monotone voice. Even I don't know. Only the mistress can answer your questions. The mistress? The man ignored Micah. Instead, he focused on generating a spear of powerful dark energy in his hands. It crackled with red lightning. The mistress does not need you. It seems that you don't have the ritual. Therefore, you must die. Micah held out his hand and tried to summon a force field, but it was no use. He was out of power. He thought that this was the end for him. But before the man could release his dark energy on Micah, a powerful white light filled the room. One of Micah's brothers was teleporting inside, but which one? Standing between Micah and the attacker was David Lumino, the president of Soul Alpha. David's surprise expression quickly turned into a controlled rage. It made the Asian man with strong arms even more intimidating. With fast hand reflexes, David blasted the attacker with powerful white lightning that sent him sliding across the floor. David walked over to the fallen man and brought out a glowing dagger from his white suit jacket. He shoved the blade deep into the man's neck, splattering blood everywhere. Y you have it. I should have known. Those were the man's dying words as he choked on his blood. I knew it was around here somewhere. The mistress said it was. Mark my words. Umbra Omega will have it. Silence filled the room. David wiped the blood off his glasses and looked at Micah with angry silver-gray eyes. Are you okay, Micah? There was a terrified look on Micah's face. Who was that guy? David's brows drew together, as they often did when he was frustrated. I'm not so sure, but for now, we have to straighten things up in here. Adrian said you might have needed some help with healing. Micah gulped. He was embarrassed to admit it, but David told the truth. <laughs> Get the hell up, David said, offering his hand to Micah. Just be grateful you got out alive, cocky idiot. As Micah grabbed David's hand to stand back up, David's healing powers surged through his body. The blood and bruising on his face disappeared. His full physical strength returned to him. What are we going to do with the body? Micah asked. David pulled out his phone and snapped photos of the bloody mess. He then uploaded them to a private Soul Alpha server. We'll figure it out later, 
But I have what we need, David said. His eyes flashed with bright white light as he filled the room with powerful energy. Micah watched as the dead body incinerated into water vapor. All the blood in the room and all their white suits evaporated into nothing. David gave Adrian a call. I'm ordering a complete retreat from tonight's operations. There's been a terrible accident. Chapter 4 Brother David It was still dark. The full moon was still bright. After David's urgent orders to retreat, he could sense the brothers all teleporting back to the house. He was the first one who made it back. David's hands were still shaky from the attack, and his entire body felt cold. He wasn't the type to get into fights, but he didn't hesitate to defend himself when he had to. As the president waited, brothers arrived from the hospital. Two flashes of bright white light, Micah and Adrian, filled the front of the chapter house, illuminating its majestic structure. The brothers called it a house, but it was an enormous estate that was left to them by the alumni. The expansive property included an outdoor gym, a plethora of avocado trees, and a 20-room mansion. A seven-foot-tall steel fence surrounded the estate. David took a deep breath while he watched Adrian take a headcount. The technology director looked like an anxious scientist with his tablet on the brightest setting. Four of them went to the hospital earlier. Three of them were back. David, Adrian, and Micah. Their fourth brother, Hayden, was still missing. The rest of the brothers, the ones who didn't go to the hospital raid, were inside the house. David went up to Adrian. Where's Hayden? Adrian was swiping up and down his tablet like a madman. He zoomed in on the map, but couldn't find a live signal from Hayden's phone. Hi. I can't locate him, Adrian said, his voice shaking. Something's wrong. Fucking hell, David said, his eyes quivering. Micah, come with me. We're going back for Hayden. Micah froze, and his mouth opened almost on autopilot. I, I can't go back in there. David grabbed Micah's shoulder. Grow a pair, will you? That's an order. Work with me here. Tightening his grip on Micah's shoulder, David's eyes glowed with a powerful white light as he teleported Micah and himself back into the hospital. David opened his eyes and found himself back in the room from earlier. He and Micah ran out again into the hallways. Adrian's anxious voice came through David's phone. His last known location is three doors away from you, where you're at. Got it, David said, spotting the door. It was wide open. 
David teleported and appeared crouched down next to the door. He gestured for Micah to do the same, but on the other side of the door. He closed his eyes, disappeared into white light, and reappeared where he was supposed to. The familiar smell of blood immediately invaded David's nose. The thought of looking into the room filled him with dread. He hoped to the heavens that Hayden was still alive. Micah stuck his head in first. A horrified expression struck his face that David had never seen on him. He turned to him, speechless. David followed suit and looked inside. There it was, Hayden's cracked skull. Fresh bloodstains covered his blonde hair and white suit. The energy level David sensed in the room was beyond what he felt in the past. It was equal to at least a dozen brothers' powers. David couldn't believe what he was feeling. He and Hayden had been near equals in power levels, with David just slightly more experienced. Did he suddenly become more powerful without David knowing? Standing near Hayden was a dark figure cloaked in black. David could not see its face at all. In its hand, it held a black umbrella with a sharp blade at the top. It was dripping with Hayden's fresh blood. David looked away before the figure could see him. Micah turned to him and spoke telepathically. We have to do something. David sent a thought to Micah in reply. At this point, there's nothing we can do. Leave him. The thing is too powerful. Ignoring David's words, Micah stood up and formed the fist in his hand. He was still intent on fighting the hooded figure. You dumbass, get the fuck down. David screamed at Micah's mind. If that thing beat Hayden, we have no chance. Not at our current power levels. But it was too late. Micah ran inside before David could stop him. But Hayden and the dark figure were gone. All that was left was a puddle of Hayden's blood. Chapter 5 Brother Micah Micah and David teleported to the front of the house from a cloud of white light. The look on David's face looked nothing less than pure trauma. It seemed like the man Micah knew for the past couple of years was gone. David would regularly berate him for disobeying a direct order. But something was different tonight. David kept quiet. Adrian fidgeted his nervous fingers on his tablet as David approached him. Micah saw that it was just a blank white screen, one of Adrian's coping habits. Sound the bell, David told Adrian. Wake the brothers. With shaky hands, Adrian followed David's order and sounded the emergency bell using his tablet, alerting all the brothers who were inside the house to wake up. The door to the house opened, 
and Micah stepped inside to follow everyone into the chapter room, where the brothers had their meetings. Inside the chapter room was a large round table made of black mahogany. The bright walls were adorned with portraits of the founders and past presidents from over 150 years of operation. LED lanterns turned on, creating illumination in the room that looked like flickering flames. As one of the officers, Micah and Adrian sat next to David. As more brothers poured in, Micah watched their tired faces transform into ones of worry and confusion. The brothers never had to wake up in the middle of the night for a meeting before. This was indeed a first. The brothers filled the round table seats one by one. Each seat was filled, all except Hayden's. David pounded his gavel on the table to indicate that the meeting had started. Tension filled the air. All the brothers had wide eyes and uneasy frowns, the opposite of the confident, goofy smiles that Micah usually saw. 2 a.m. The meeting starts now, David announced. Stand for the creed. In unison, the brothers stood up and recited the Soul Alpha Creed. To harness the power of love, to deliver service with honor, to see with the lens of truth. This is the quest, the path, and the light of Soul Alpha. This is the creed of our fraternity. Once the brothers finished reciting the creed, David gestured for everyone to sit down. Don't begin the meeting yet. Wait for me, a deep voice called out. An older man walked through the door, tapping his cane loudly on the white marble floors. He stood tall and had an air of wisdom about him. Micah and David turned to bow their head in respect. Everyone else did the same. Dr. Lawson, it's an honor to meet you, sir, Micah said. You're here early. Classes don't start for a couple of days. Dr. Lawson placed both his hands on his cane. It's better to be two days early than five minutes late. And this meeting is no exception. Dr. Martin Lawson was one of the fraternity's alumni advisors for the year. The renowned brain surgeon was a legend in Soul Alpha history and the oldest living alumnus. With a high surgery success rate, without using his powers, Dr. Lawson was world famous. This year, he was a guest professor at Everstone University. Another man stepped into the room. He was a middle-aged man who was wearing a white robe and was smoking a cigar. He was the second alumni advisor, Ever Calavero, a wealthy real estate tycoon. His large donations prompted Stone University to rename itself to Everstone University. He practically owned the school, which worked exceptionally well for the fraternity. Micah took a glance at David, 
who seemed surprised that both alumni advisors were already at the house. I was having such an amazing dream, Ever said, yawning. Who rang that freaking bell? Calm yourself, Ever, Dr. Lawson said, his forehead wrinkling. What the hell just happened? David turned to Dr. Lawson and Ever. Then he looked everyone in the eye. We were attacked during tonight's hospital raid. And Hayden, I'm sad to announce, is dead. After those words came out of David's mouth, Micah felt the tension in the room morph into a cloud of misery and sadness. The brothers, especially the younger ones who were trained by Aiden, became pale-faced. Ever coughed. Hayden, the vice president. That kid was powerful for his age. I should know. He trained under me for a month. Micah stood up and raised a hand. Please allow a moment of silence for our departed brother Hayden. May his spirit rest in peace. As Micah was up there, seconds turned into hours. What was the fraternity going to tell Hayden's family, his girlfriend? Micah's stomach wrenched at the thought of it. Thank you all, Micah said, sitting back down. We will hold a ceremony for Hayden tomorrow night. Right now, let's continue the meeting. Adrian, show them the photos, David said, trying to hold himself together. Mike could see his eyes quivering with fear. Adrian nodded. He opened the photo files on his tablet and projected them on the center of the round table. The brothers were in shock as they saw the man that David killed. Then there was a look of horror that filled Dr. Lawson's face for a brief second. Micah wondered if anyone else saw it. Did Dr. Lawson know this man? He wanted the founder's ritual. The man had powers, Dr. Lawson. He tried to polarize Micah into dust. Dr. Lawson turned his head and moved closer to the photo projections for a closer look. His forehead wrinkled as he adjusted his glasses. No, it can't be. That's impossible. What is it, sir? Micah asked. Dr. Lawson appeared to be withholding tears. Micah could sense the struggle in his heart like a knife just pierced through it. That's Diesel Codex. He's an alumnus of Sol Alpha. He graduated with me ages ago. He looks so young in that photo. But I know for sure that it's him. So this man is a knight? David asked. Are you sure? I've never seen him before in my life. 
Yes, David, Dr. Lawson said. That's because he passed away a decade ago. Chapter 6 Brother David David couldn't believe Dr. Lawson's words. Even if all the fraternity's chapters combined their strength, their powers couldn't bring back someone from the dead. It was the limitation of their abilities. That's impossible, David said, clutching the sides of the table. Look again, sir. It can't be him. Maybe he was a relative or something. Dr. Lawson grimaced. David felt another wave of torment from his heart. He and I were initiated together. I know for sure that it's him. I could not forget if I tried. David's heart sank. He thought it couldn't get any worse. He decided not to tell Dr. Lawson that he was the one who vaporized Diesel's body into dust. That would have just crushed his spirit completely. He decided to steer the conversation in another direction. There's something else, too, David said. Diesel mentioned someone called the Mistress and Umbra Omega. Do you know who he meant? The Mistress. Dr. Lawson had a blank, puzzled face. No, I don't recall him ever talking about someone like that. David couldn't hold himself back. He couldn't believe that all this was happening under his leadership. Fuck, he muttered. He wanted a pristine administration, just like he'd promised during his election speech. Now it was slipping through his fingers by the minute. I have no fucking clue about the mistress either, Ever said. The brothers were all silent. Even Adrian, who usually wouldn't shut up, didn't open his mouth. David wasn't sure what to say next. He just wanted to go back to his room and think about his next move. Whatever happens next is entirely your call, Mr. President, Ever said, puffing out black cigar smoke. What do you propose we do next? David looked at each of the brothers in the eye from left to right. We operate as normal. Our recruitment and other events will go as planned. I don't want the school to know about any of this. Adrian, send out an encrypted message to nearby chapters to warn them about this Umbra Omega. Adrian nodded. I will do that as soon as possible. Good, David said, adjusting his glasses. Meeting is adjourned for everyone except for the executive board. And, Fadi, your services are needed. Brothers who weren't on the executive board scattered and left the meeting room with hollow, anxious eyes. 
The men who were left were the two alumni advisors, Ever and Dr. Lawson, and what was left of the executive board. Hayden passed away, David said, turning to Fadi, which means that Micah is promoted to vice president, while you will take over as recruitment director. Fadi nodded in agreement, rubbing his bearded chin. I humbly accept. Recruitment is the lifeblood of this fraternity, as you all know. We must find the best men to join our ranks, even after tonight's events. We must let the light guide us. David nodded and reached into his jacket and pulled out a leather book with the symbol of the sun etched in gold on the cover. It was the ritual of Soul Alpha, the most powerful book in the world. More than a hundred years ago, the founders discovered the ritual while they were hiking. It granted brothers the powers of light, teleportation, telekinesis, telepathy, and healing. David had it with him the whole time that they were conducting tonight's hospital raid. Dr. Lawson stepped forward and screamed at David. You were carrying the ritual? What the hell were you thinking, David? It never leaves the house. David locked eyes with Dr. Lawson. The old man trembled with rage. In the wrong hands, the ritual is dangerous and powerful. Dr. Lawson slammed his cane on the floor. I expected better of you. Placing the ritual on the round table, David walked up to Dr. Lawson. Sir, please forgive me. It won't happen again. The girl that Micah healed today, well, I doubted that he had enough power to heal her. I brought the ritual to power up his abilities. Micah shot a glare at David. So, you didn't think I could handle it myself, did you? <laughs> With your lack of control, I doubted it, David chuckled. I did what I had to do. This is unacceptable on all levels, Dr. Lawson screamed. Put the ritual back in the vault. It never leaves this house. Do you understand me? Dr. Lawson turned, eyes blazing, and grabbed Ever by the shoulder. Make yourself useful and get the ritual to safety. Put it in the vault. Ever scoffed. Why should I have to do it? You're the one who got mad at him. And you're not even on the high council. I am. Dr. Lawson's eyes flashed with white light, telekinetically slamming Ever's cigar to the floor. Nodding his head fast, Ever took the ritual and hurried off to lock it away. Dr. Lawson stared at David dead in the eye once more. Pull this stunt again, boy and I will personally summon the other High Council members to strip you of your powers and letters. The old man used telekinesis to pick up his cane and walked out of the meeting room. After removing his glasses, David formed a fist in his hand. Meeting is over. Leave me be.
I know what will cool us down. Let's go grab drinks, Adrian suggested. I was thinking somewhere in SoCal. I said, leave me, David screamed. The chairs around him rattling from his excess power. Get out. I won't repeat myself another time. The other officers nodded. Each one teleported out of the room, disappearing into a cloud of light. David took a deep breath. He needed to take things slow. It wasn't like him to explode in anger, but he wasn't going to let his brothers go down without a fight. Chapter 7 Brother Micah Because of his position as an officer, Micah had one of the best rooms in the house. He had a whole suite to himself with a private bathroom and kitchen, a mini apartment to hide from the everyday chaos that would occur. Still trembling, Micah began what felt like the longest shower of his life. As the water streamed over him, he kept telling himself that everyone and everything was going to be okay, over and over and over again. Hayden had just died. An alumnus had come back from the dead to kill him. Classes were going to start again soon. The negative thoughts kept ambushing him. Micah had no idea what to do, despite repeating the comforting lies he told himself. As Micah toweled off, he looked at his dead, dark eyes in the mirror. All this power and wealth could not shield him from grief. He still couldn't believe that Hayden was gone. Sure, they weren't the closest of brothers, but he was still a fellow knight. Hayden kept him sharp and competitive. Micah's thoughts were interrupted by a knock on the door. Who is it? Micah asked, wrapping a towel around his waist. It's me, babe. A soft, gentle voice said, You weren't answering my calls. I must have put my phone on silent, Micah replied. Come in, Ari. I was taking a shower. Using his powers, Micah unlocked and opened the door for his girlfriend, Ariana. She came in with wet blonde hair and was only wearing a red bathrobe. I used the guest's bathroom next door, Ariana said, biting her lower lip. As she looked Micah up and down, he remembered that he was only wearing a towel. With all the time he spent at the gym, moments like these felt like a payoff. Micah's eyes flashed with white light as he shut the door with telekinesis. The brothers were supposed to keep their power secret from the outside world, but Ariana was special. She was a sister of Delta Lux, their sister sorority. The Delta Lux ladies had their own set of powers, and it was a long-standing tradition for the Soul Alpha brothers to marry into their families. The sisters could control fire and ice, beautiful and deadly at the same time. Using her powers, Ariana generated heat from her hands to dry her wet blonde hair. As she smiled at Micah, he realized that he was lucky to have this gorgeous girl in his life. Ariana came up to Micah, 
and gave his earlobe a playful nibble. All his earlier tiredness was forgotten as he wrapped his arms around Ariana's back and lowered his head to kiss her. He channeled his near-death angst into a primal passion. The Delta Lux sister pulled away to catch her breath. Tell me what's wrong. I can feel it in your kiss. It's a little colder than usual. Micah stared into Ariana's deep green eyes. He untied the red bathrobe from her body and let it fall to the floor. I'll tell you later, Micah said. It's not that important. Ariana's warm hands alternated from icy cold to very warm as she rubbed her hands all over Micah's chest. There were no other women on earth who could do this. Micah went in for another kiss to let the world disappear for a bit. Chapter 8 Brother David The following night, David and his brothers gathered on their private football field. All 19 of them wore their signature white suits and golden ties. David placed a picture of a smiling Hayden on a golden table with candles lit around it. After that, David went up to the stage and stood behind the podium. Adrian set the tower lights to their brightest settings to illuminate the field. David told Adrian to sit down so they could begin the chapter everlasting ceremony. He wanted this to end quickly, so he didn't wait for Dr. Lawson and Ever to show up. Brothers of Soul Alpha, David announced on the microphone, let us remember our brother Hayden, who served as one of our officers this past semester. May his strong spirit thrive in chapter everlasting. David cleared his throat. <clears throat> I now ask if anyone would like to say something about our brother. Fadi took the microphone. Hayden was tough. I admired that about him. He trained me to use my powers effectively. Without him, I would have never became the knight I am today. Then it was Adrian's turn. Let's face it, Hayden wasn't that smart. Everyone groaned. David gestured for Adrian to get to the point. Okay, okay. Adrian said, forget that. Um, yes, I always thought he was a little too obsessed with getting stronger, but I always wished that I could be the same. And that's it for me. Several more brothers went up and spoke about Hayden. Several more brothers went up and spoke about Hayden. As they spoke, David did his best to keep a stable mood. He and Hayden were from the same pledge class, and memories flooded his mind after every speech. David felt his hands tremor like an electric toothbrush, but he hid them behind his back so that no one could see them. Then it was Micah's turn. David nodded and watched as his little brother, now the vice president, took the microphone. Hayden. If you can hear me, please guide us towards victory in all areas of life. 
You will always be remembered for your service to our fraternity. Thank you. After Micah finished, he turned to David, who was holding the ritual in his hands. Placing it on the podium, the ritual glowed with white light and golden light. David opened the ritual to Hayden's empty page. All the brothers pointed their finger towards the ritual. Beams of bright light emerged from their hands and combined onto Hayden's page. They transferred their most cherished memories of Hayden into the book so that future brothers can remember. David smiled at all the brothers' unique handwriting styles being etched into the infinite page ritual, filling nearly 20 pages with memories of Hayden. Hayden's page glowed with golden light until the ritual closed itself. The chapter everlasting ceremony was over. And that was when it happened. A powerful wave of chilling energy knocked David and Micah to the ground. All the brothers turned around and saw an unbelievable sight standing on top of their roof. It was Hayden, and he wasn't alone. Chapter 9 Brother Micah Hayden, the man who Micah thought was dead, was standing on the rooftop. Only now, Hayden was different, much different. Hayden wore a tattered black suit with a red tie. On his forehead, there was a tattoo of a shattered moon that glowed with red light. His pale face had a blank, solemn expression, as if all the joy from his past had disappeared. The Hayden that Micah once knew was all but gone. By his side, a woman was wearing a flowing black dress and a black feathered hat. Her face was covered with a thick black veil, and Micah couldn't see who she was. On her left hand was something terrifyingly familiar. It was the black umbrella topped with a sharp blade, the same one that Micah saw the night before. Micah could still remember the bright scarlet poem of Hayden's blood. Without a doubt in his mind, he was sure that the woman was a dark figure from the hospital. The woman jumped off the roof like a poisonous butterfly. Her dress and long black hair flowed along the cold night sky. She landed on the floor and pointed her umbrella at Micah and his brothers. So we finally meet, the woman said. You're the brothers I've heard so much about. I don't think I have to introduce you to the newest member of Umbra Omega. He was your brother after all. The woman turned her gaze towards the ritual and held out her hand. I believe you have something that belongs to me. Micah stood up from the ground. David did the same. The president and vice president both focused on building their psychic energies. David screamed out an order at the brothers. Subdue her. She was the one who attacked Hayden. 
The brothers near the woman got into fighting stances. Together, they blasted her with beams of hot white light. The woman opened her black umbrella and reflected the light at them like a shield. Micah watched in horror as his brothers collapsed to the ground from their own attacks. David grabbed the ritual from the podium and handed it to Micah. Take it and run now. I'll deal with Hayden and her. Micah maintained his offensive stance and pretended to ignore David. He knew that he needed to stand and fight, not run off scared. That's in order, David screamed, shoving the ritual further in Micah's arms. I'm not going anywhere, Micah grunted in defiance. Through her black veil, Micah saw the woman's eyes flash with red light. She raised her hand and shoved more brothers out of her way with telekinesis. They all fell like dominoes, even the more powerful seniors. They were just not used to fighting with their powers. My dear Hayden, the woman said, turning to her new convert. Go fetch me the ritual from that boy. Fulfill your duty as an Umbra Omega. Yes, mistress, Hayden said, bowing. He jumped off the roof and ran straight for Micah and the ritual. Keep the ritual safe. Get out now. David pushed Micah aside and ran ahead to face Hayden by himself. David went for a straight punch to Hayden's face, but Hayden dodged it at the last second. Hayden struck back with a low kick, but David teleported away, reappearing behind him. Using a glowing, energy-infused hand, David struck Hayden's neck and sent him falling to the ground. Hayden was knocked out cold. Micah pumped his fist in celebration. <sighs> Useless boy, the woman screamed. I knew he was too weak to use this early. The woman turned her attention toward David. Her eyes flashed with red light as she lunged at him with her black umbrella. David, watch out, Micah screamed. He teleported and appeared between the woman and David, firing shots of light at her. The woman dropped her umbrella, but she turned towards Micah as he continued firing. Micah's powers bounced right off her dress. He was dumbfounded. That was one of his strongest attacks. Give me the ritual, the woman growled, holding out her hand. You know you two are no match for me. Just hand it over and we'll settle this easily. David grabbed Micah's shoulder. I fucking told you to get out of here. Just shut the fuck up and thank me later, Micah replied. Follow my lead. Micah focused his energy, and David, shaking his head, did the same. With razor-sharp focus, the brothers combined their powers and blasted the woman with a powerful light beam. The woman gasped and tried to block the blast with her hands, but she was too late. They knocked her to the ground. Relieved, Micah looked around at the gruesome scene, at his fallen brothers in the back. He felt sick to his stomach when he saw their white suits stained with blood and dirt. David approached the fallen woman, reaching into his pocket for his knife. With quick precision, the president plunged the blade down the woman. But at an inch from her chest, the woman grabbed David's forearm and stopped the blade from piercing her flesh. I told you, she said, 
eyes flashing red. You're no match for my power. Give me the ritual. The woman's glowing red eyes brightened and flashed a violent shade of blue. David's entire body became frozen solid in ice. Cackling with relief, the woman stood up. She looked at Micah and the ritual with hungry eyes. Micah's heart thumped against his chest. He realized he should have listened to David. It was too late now. Now let's try this again, the woman whispered. Give me the ritual. Paralyzed with fear, Micah felt himself dropping the ritual to the floor. He took several steps back, his sense of self-preservation kicking in. Even behind her veiled face, Micah could sense a sinister smile as she nearly picked up the ritual. But before she could lay a finger on it, the woman was blasted with two powerful beams of white light. It was brighter than anything Micah had ever seen before. Micah's face beamed with hope. On the roof was Ever and Dr. Lawson. Sorry we're late, Ever yelled. Goddamn Dean kept blabbering during our meeting. The two alumni advisors both teleported and appeared next to Micah. Clutching her burnt arm, the woman backed away, almost stumbling. How can this be happening? Micah breathed a little easier. The alumni, especially Ever and Dr. Lawson, were some of the most powerful brothers. The woman wouldn't get away so quickly now. Let's end this, Dr. Lawson said, throwing his cane to the ground. Ever nodded in agreement. The two alumni raised their hands and aimed them at the woman. Together, Dr. Lawson and Ever blasted her with intense white lightning, one of their most potent attacks. The woman screamed in pain as her body became trapped in a web of scorching electricity. It removed the hat and veil from her head, revealing her face. That was when Micah saw Dr. Lawson's eyes widen and felt his energy levels plummet. Micah recognized the woman. He'd met her once before. She was Dr. Lawson's wife, Shelley, with long black hair and a pale thin face. It was unmistakably her. Oh my, Dr. Lawson gasped. Shelley. Micah couldn't believe it. Shelley passed away a year ago. None of them were able to heal her no matter what they tried. As Dr. Lawson realized who he was attacking, the strength of his lightning started fading. Ever turned to Dr. Lawson. Martin, snap out of it. Your wife is dead. Gone. His desperate pleas had no effect. Dr. Lawson's lightning completely stopped. Ever was the only one left fighting. Without Dr. Lawson's power, Shelley managed to move her arms to summon a wall of ice to block Ever's attack. She turned to Hayden and grabbed his arm. Then she grabbed David's frozen shoulder. This isn't over, gentlemen, Shelley yelled. Umbra Omega will return. 
The ritual is ours. With that, Shelly and Micah's two fallen brothers turned into black smoke and disappeared. All that was left around him was Dr. Lawson's loud sobbing. Ever bent down and picked up the ritual, he placed his hand on Micah's shoulder. Well, Mr. President, it looks like you have a lot of work to do. David, the fraternity president, was gone. As vice president, Micah had to step up and lead Sol Alpha. He had to avenge David and Hayden. Picking the ritual up from the floor, Micah used his powers to remove the dirt from its surface. His eyes glowed with scornful white light. Chapter 10 Shelley Lawson Shelley walked through the cold rain without bothering to open her black umbrella. Her dress was drenched, but she continued walking, powering through the chilly air with her anger. The only thing that kept her going was the thought of stealing the ritual of Soul Alpha before it was too late. Mindlessly walking by her side were her latest converts, David and Hayden. Two of the most powerful Soul Alpha brothers were now under her control. Shelley stopped when she reached her destination, an old abandoned library in an empty part of town. It hadn't been used in decades. The once grand three-story exterior was rotting and tangled with overgrown weeds and vines. Get inside, Shelley said, pushing her two minions towards the door. The inside of the library was dark and dusty, but dry. There were rows of old bookshelves that were covered in cobwebs and plant overgrowth. Shelley's eyes flashed with red light, igniting all the torches inside to produce a dim light. Shelley walked over to a cracked mirror and removed her wet dress to examine herself. Just as she feared, her body was showing signs of rapid degradation. Her skin had lost the soft luster that it once had. She was covered with exposed wounds, cuts, and scars. After using her powers to dry her dress, she put it back on. She was relieved to see that her face remained somewhat tolerable. Shelley turned to David and Hayden. Follow me. We need to get David situated before the temporary hold wears off. David and Hayden nodded and did as they were told. David led the two men into the dark basement. Once there, she ordered David to lie down on a rusty operating table. Get the basement lights, Hayden, Shelley said. Hayden followed her command. After the lights were turned on, Shelley had a massive sinister grin on her face. She sighed with relief, thinking about her next plan to get the ritual.
Surrounding the operating table were former Soul Alpha brothers and Delta Lux sisters that Shelly had corrupted into Umbra Omega. There were about ten of them, including Hayden. Dressed in black suits and dresses, they comprised of deceased alumni that she'd reanimated to use as minions. They were pawns with dwindling power reserves. The Umbra Omegas stepped forward to witness the operation that was about to take place. David's eyes twitched as he looked around. Am I back in the real world? Micah, are you there? The president stood up, his eyes filled with fright. He tried to jump off the operating table, but Hayden grabbed him at the last moment. Welcome, brother, Hayden said, tightening his grip. He ripped off David's glasses and smashed it under his shoes. Hayden, what the hell? I can't see. Hayden sneered. Trust me, David. This is for the best. The mistress has big plans for Umbra Omega. Together. The Umbra Omegas raised their hands and used their telekinesis to prevent David from moving. He was frozen still, like a statue, struggling to even blink. Yes, listen to your brother and be still, dear. Shelly's hands glowed with red light as she touched David's forehead, burning a tattoo of a shattered moon onto it. Welcome to Umbra Omega. David screamed in agony as the light in his eyes turned red. The tattoo on his forehead pulsated with fiery energy. He asked in a low voice, How may I serve you, mistress? Shelley flashed a sinister smile. I do not doubt that the soul alphas will be recruiting new brothers into their chapter. Let's make this recruitment season a bit more interesting, shall we? Yes, mistress, the Umbra Omega said in unison, kneeling. For the glory of Umbra Omega. Yes, indeed, Shelley grinned, looking at David. She knew that his powers would serve her well. With you, our victory is assured. Leaving the Umbra Omegas in the basement, Shelley went up to her room on the second floor of the abandoned library. Feeling a sharp pain in her chest, Shelley remembered that she needed to act fast. She only had a few weeks or so, at best. She needed to get her hands on the ritual. She laid down on her bed and closed her eyes to recover the strength lost during the fight with Soul Alpha. It wasn't over yet. Chapter 11 Brother Micah Dr. Lawson sat on a bench with his eyes dark and sunk. He held his cane tightly as if it was going to escape from him. My darling, Shelley, he sighed deeply. How could you do this? 
Micah thought about talking to him, but he decided against asking Dr. Lawson to help heal the brothers. The man was clearly out of his mind right now. Micah thought it was better to leave him alone for the time being to cool off. One by one, Micah touched injured brothers on their foreheads to revive them from Shelley's attacks. Their cuts and bruises disappeared with ease. As they regained their wakeful state, Micah prepared himself to tell them the horrible news. Brothers, Micah said, stepping onto the stage. Thank you all for your bravery today, defending the ritual. It is with deep regret that I say this, but we lost David to the enemy, Umbra Omega. The attackers fled the scene, but the ritual and its powers are still safe with us. Micah held his fist in the air. We will avenge our brothers. Mark my words, Umbra Omega will pay. Ever put his hand on Micah's shoulder and presented the ritual to him. It's time, Micah. You must lead Alpha Chapter. Yes, sir. I'll make you proud. I'll make all of you proud. Ever nodded. Place your hand on the ritual. Micah did as Ever said. The ritual's pages glowed with a powerful golden light. As he stared into the ritual, Micah's eyelids grew heavy. The familiar feeling of entering someone's mind washed over him. His consciousness was whisked away to another place. But where? When he opened his eyes, Micah stood in a field of vibrant green grass. Standing next to him were David and Hayden in their white suits. They looked more alive than ever before. They offered Micah their hands. David! Micah yelled, almost bursting into tears. How? Calm down, Micah, David said. I'm okay. Hayden nodded. The ritual saved our astral bodies, but the woman has control of our physical bodies. And what about Diesel, Dr. Lawson's pledge brother? Micah asked. We don't have a clue, Hayden said. I'm sorry. Micah's heart sank for Dr. Lawson. Seeing his dead pledge brother and his wife turn evil must have been traumatizing beyond anything he could have imagined. The woman who attacked us, the mistress, was Dr. Lawson's dead wife, Shelley, Micah told David. David nodded in disbelief. So that explains the ice powers. Shelley was a Delta Lux sister after all. But that doesn't explain how she used telekinesis, Hayden said. Only our ritual gives those powers. Then this is a mystery that is beyond all of us, Micah said. I promise that I'll get to the bottom of this. After Micah finished talking, David and Hayden's bodies became ghost-like. They turned their backs to walk away. Kick my ass out there, Hayden smirked. You know, if you can. Micah smirked back. <laughs> you would say that. 
Don't worry, I will. The ritual is pulling us back inside. I have faith in you, little bro, David said. You must stop Umbra Omega. Stop Shelly. Light filled Micah's vision. He found himself back at the house in front of his brothers. Ever smiled at Micah. Whatever the ritual showed you is for you and you alone. I understand, sir, Micah said. Then let's begin, Ever nodded. Do you, Micah Bretson, solemnly swear to defend the ritual and your brothers at all costs? Micah couldn't help but bring out his goofy grin. I, Micah Bretson, solemnly swear to defend the ritual and my brothers at all costs. Then I, Ever Calavero, member of the High Council, proclaim you as the new president of the Alpha Chapter of Soul Alpha Fraternity. Micah smiled and turned to his brothers. He gave Adrian and Fadi, the remainder of the executive board, a confident smile. Brothers, have a good afternoon, Micah said. Rest up. We have a long weekend ahead of us, and school is starting back up. You know what that means. Fadi, the new recruitment director, approached and stood next to Micah. Prepare yourselves for recruitment, gentlemen. I will see you all at chapter meeting first thing in the morning. Chapter 12 Brother Micah The whole suite smelled like heaven as the bacon cooked in Micah's oven. Looking through the oven glass, he could see that they had become nice and crispy. Ariana was coming over for breakfast, and Micah wanted to make her favorite bacon cheeseburger. The other night, he was supposed to tell her everything that had happened, but it slipped his mind. He was a bit distracted, after all. The new president sliced open an avocado and put some on freshly baked buns. Micah picked the vibrant green fruit this morning on their estate. Their homegrown avocados were much more flavorful than the supermarket stuff. Starting with his, Micah put together the burgers. Crispy buttery buns, avocado, beef patty, lettuce, bacon, and cheese. On Ariana's, he added her favorite sauce mixture of sriracha, mayo, and Parmesan cheese. She stopped becoming a fan of ketchup after Micah introduced her to a secret recipe. Micah paired the cheeseburger with sweet potato fries. The last thing left to do was to make the plate. Like an architect finishing a building, Micah placed the cheeseburger in the middle of a circle of fries. After he finished, Micah's phone buzzed. Ariana had just sent him a text that she was on the elevator. Just in time, Micah thought, shaking off any signs of nervousness on his face. Micah opened the door. There she was. Ariana wore a tight shirt and yoga pants that had the Delta Lux colors of red and blue, or rather, ruby and sapphire. Ariana gave Micah a warm kiss as she walked into the suite. Smells so nice. 
I just got back from the gym, and I'm starving. They both sat at the dining table, and Ariana immediately took a big bite of her burger. Oh my gosh, you're going to mess up my macros. Mondays are cheat days, Michael laughed, taking a big bite of his burger. Ariana went to the fridge and poured herself a glass of lemonade. So, what happened last night? He kept ignoring my texts. Don't be mad, Micah started to say. Probably not his best choice of words. Micah felt the room temperature go higher. Ariana's powers must have kicked in. I'm the new president of the chapter, Micah told her. Ariana's face lit up, and she smiled. Congratulations, babe. Did David get impeached? That guy was a hard-ass AF. No offense, I know he's your big. Micah laughed. He didn't mean to, but she was right. David could be a bit overbearing sometimes. Regardless, it was time to drop the bomb. David was murdered, Micah said as Ariana took another bite of her burger. Excuse me, what? David was mur- Shh, I heard you, Ariana said, putting down her food. I just can't believe it. I'm so sorry to hear that. How did this happen? Shelley Lawson, just like Dr. Martin Lawson, was a legend in her organization. After the fight with Shelley, Micah asked Adrian to do some research on Shelley and report back to him. It turned out that Shelley was one of their founders, the founders of Delta Lux, a real inspiration to Ariana and her sorority sisters. Micah couldn't lie to Ariana. She had to know. Babe, do you remember Shelley Lawson? How could I forget? She's one of our founders, one of my mentors. Micah struggled with the next part. Well, um, she was the one that killed David. Micah, please. Ariana put her hand on her chest. That's such bullshit. She's been dead for the past year. Micah took Ariana's hand. I'm telling you the truth. Shelly's alive again, and she's turned rogue. She tried to steal our ritual last night. Tears flowed down Ariana's face. No way. Shelly was such a sweetheart. You have to tell your sisters during your meeting tonight, Micah said. Shelly or whatever that thing was that looked like Shelly, is leading a new organization called Umbra Omega. Please tell your sisters to be careful. Micah and Ariana finished their burgers in silence. He hoped for some morning action, but this had to come first. Ariana spoke when she finished her burger. Thanks for the food, babe. I'll... Let my sisters know. You should get going to your meeting. Micah hugged and kissed Ariana as she got up. We'll get through this, I promise, 
And don't forget to make your special cookies for recruitment, please. Ariana stuck out her tongue at Micah. Fine, Mr. President. Chapter 13 Brother Adrian Adrian adjusted his golden tie and straightened his back before he went inside the Greek life office. Now that Hayden and David were dead, Micah ordered him to erase their student records to prevent an investigation. How would the fraternity explain what happened to them without looking like a bunch of murderous, psycho weirdos? It was better for them to deal with this internally. With Adrian on the job, nothing would be left to chance. Using a wireless upload of a virus from his tablet, Adrian disabled all the security cameras in the building. They were forced to record a loop of nothing but the ordinary. As soon as Adrian entered the Greek Life office, the front desk assistant smiled at him. I'm sorry, but I closed until tomorrow. Adrian didn't reply. Instead, his eyes flashed with white light as he used his powers to lock the door behind him. Taking big strides towards the desk, Adrian gave the desk assistant direct eye contact while his eyes glowed with light. It was a simple sleep stare, and Adrian used it to force the assistant into a deep slumber. Step one was done. Now Adrian needed access to the Dean of Greek Life's computer. For that, he had no choice but to enter her office. Adrian turned around and saw that the Dean of Greek Life, Jamie Tartrox, was in her glass office. Dean Tartrox was a disheveled-looking woman who could barely fit her chair. She was laughing hysterically at her computer screen, at what seemed to be a show on a streaming site. Adrian scoffed at this, remembering that she was getting paid over a hundred grand a year. With disgust on his face, Adrian stomped to Dean Tartrock's office. He grabbed the handle and used his powers to unlock it. Startled by the door's click, Dean Tartrox clicked out of her show and almost spilled her coffee, turning around in her office chair. What the hell are you doing here? Dean Tartrox screamed. I think I should be asking you the same question, Adrian replied. I can't believe I'm shelling out 20 grand a year for this. Dean Tartrox struggled to get up from her chair. Once she was standing, she grabbed a pair of scissors from her desk. Are you seriously threatening a student? Adrian asked, snapping a picture of Tartrox on his phone. I could get your bureaucratic ass out of here if I report you. Adrian's eyes flashed with white light as he used his powers to levitate the scissors from Dean Tartrox's hand and sent it sliding on the floor. She yelped like a frightened puppy. Relax, Karen, Adrian laughed. I'm not here to hurt you. Adrian took a sharp look into Dean Tartrock's eyes and used the same sleep stare that he used on the front desk assistant. Tartrox fell back onto her chair and was knocked out. After rolling her away from the desk, Adrian prepared himself to enter Dean Tartrox's mind to get the database password. However, he saw a stray sticky note 
in the corner of the computer screen with a password in it. What an idiot, Adrian thought as he laughed aloud. With quick clicks and fast keyboarding, Adrian found David and Hayden's entries in the database. Using his tablet, he uploaded a virus onto the computer that completely erased his brother's information. It was as if they never were enrolled at Everstone University in the first place. Once Adrian finished the data wipe, he called in two brothers to finish the job and wipe Dean Tartruck's memory of what happened. They teleported inside the office and infiltrated her mind. It took less than five minutes. Job, boys, Adrian said, fist bumping his brothers. Now let's get some food before the meeting, thinking about burgers and shakes in Japan. The brothers nodded in agreement and teleported out of the office. Chapter 14 Brother Micah As Micah walked into the chapter meeting room, he was expecting that he was going to be the first one. He wasn't. Dr. Lawson was already there, sitting at the round table. With depressed, droopy eyes, he looked like he didn't sleep much last night. Good morning, sir, Micah said. Dr. Lawson greeted Micah with a nod. Ah, yes, the new president. I figured that you would be early. Good on you. Micah nodded and smiled. I learned from the best, sir. I'm sure that David taught you well. Dr. Lawson stood up and held both his hands on his cane. I'm sorry for what happened last night with Shelley. If it weren't for me, she'd be in custody right now. I've let the entire fraternity down. I would have done the same thing if that happened to me, sir. You know, with Ariana. Please don't worry about it too much. Dr. Lawson nodded and lowered his voice. Are you nervous about running the fraternity, Micah? Micah sat down at the round table. It felt different to him somehow, especially after hearing Dr. Lawson's question. A bit, sir, he answered. That's good, he replied. That means that you care. Take it from a former president. I know you'll do amazing. At that moment, Ever and Adrian entered the meeting room. Ever held the ritual in his hand. It was essential for recruitment. Their way of bringing in new men was quite different from what other fraternities did. Good morning, Micah told Ever and Adrian. Thanks for coming early. After Ever and Adrian came in, Fadi followed shortly after. Then all the other brothers filled up the table seats. Dr. Lawson and Ever gave Micah a nod. It was almost time to start finally. Meeting begins now, Micah said as soon as the last brother took a seat. Our goal today is to begin recruitment. The freshmen have moved into the dorms already, and it's the best time to strike. Micah turned to Fadi. 
What are your plans, Director? Fadi turned to Adrian and signaled for him to bring up his plans on the projector screen. Thank you, Micah, Fadi said. We'll still have a booth near the dorms. All the other fraternities will be there as well. The rules are simple. Once a potential new member or PNM approaches us, invite them to our event. Adrian pointed at a map of the school and placed a red X near the front of their house gates. After you do what Fadi says, make sure you give them a mental suggestion to make sure they go here. They'll have no idea why they want to, but we will be there to test them in a judgment trial. Away from the prying eyes of the campus staff. The words judgment trial sent chills down Micah's spine. They were done in place of traditional pledging. The public, of course, had no idea what they were or that they even occurred. The fraternity used them to ensure that the men they recruit were pure of heart. This was the only sure way to do that. Micah didn't remember exactly what he did during his judgment trial. His memories were erased just before initiation so that he'd forget. He only remembered that it felt vaguely cold. Someday, maybe, he'd ask David about it. He was one of the brothers who administered it to him. Fadi's eyes glowed with white light as he pounded his fist onto his palm. Let's make this a great recruitment, gentlemen. I want this table filled to the brim with new brothers. The room roared with applause. Chapter 15, Lady Ariana. Ariana walked into the Delta Lux secret garden and took a deep breath. The aroma of the Delta Lux spices massaged her nose as she visualized what she needed for the cookies that Micah wanted. The garden, which was hidden in a crystal dome, housed magic spices that could alter people's emotions. This was Delta Lux's ultimate secret. Unbeknownst to her, someone was sneaking up on her back. Ariana felt two hands cover her eyes, and she instinctively summoned an ice knife for stabbing. The ice knife melted into water in an instant. Ariana realized that it was just one of her sisters. Gotcha. Monica Stellaris jumped in front of Ariana and laughed. Bitch, you had me going there, Ariana scoffed. There was a moment of silence. Then the two sisters burst out laughing. Monica wore her signature black leather blazer over a red shirt. She had a streak of ruby and sapphire hairs on her blonde head. This fierce woman was the current president of Delta Lux. So, what are you cooking now? Please tell me it's not another truth dish. It's not, Ariana grinned. At least, not this time. Monica revealed that she was holding a glass jar. She handed it to Ariana with a smile. Could you at least put the spices in a jar this time? Thank you.
Ariana rolled her eyes. Okay, fine. Just this once. I'll see you later, Ari. I've got to help prepare our recruitment booth. Come as soon as you finish cooking whatever the hell you're making. Ariana nodded and smiled as she went deeper into the garden to find what she needed. Erosian sugar, which was used for attraction recipes. The sugar glowed with magenta light as Ariana harvested them from the plants. With extreme caution, Ariana collected the sugar in Monica's glass jar. Ariana scurried off into her kitchen and placed all the ingredients she needed onto the counter. She was making a special batch of white chocolate macadamia. Ariana mixed up the eggs, flour, and butter first. Then she carefully added in the erosion sugar, white chocolate, and macadamias. After mixing the ingredients and arranging them on a sheet, Ariana watched as the cookies baked in the oven. In a mere minute, the cookies became golden brown. It took Ariana a few seconds after placing the cookies on a plate before she realized that Monica was standing behind her. She nearly flinched and dropped the cookies. Monica! Ariana gasped. Thought you left. Monica chuckled. Magnetic macadamia brights. What are you up to this time, Spill? Ariana sighed. I was going to tell you and the sisters during our meeting tonight, but since you're here, you might as well know. Monica raised her eyebrows. Well, what is it? My boyfriend is the new president of Soul Alpha because Shelley Lawson kidnapped David. Don't bullshit me, she's dead. Ariana slammed the kitchen counter with an icy hand, creating sharp, cold icicles that sliced the air. Someone has revived her and turned her crazy. We have to help the brothers defeat her. Monica sighed and groaned. <laughs> Fuck, you're not kidding. Ugh. I'm helping them recruit more brothers. With more of them, maybe they'll be able to stop Shelly. You know how Micah is. He might be in over his head. With a sorrowful look on her face, Monica nodded. She's powerful. Do what you need to do. Ariana gave Monica a tight embrace. Thank you, sister. Monica gently nudged her away. I'm not good with this mushy stuff, so just do what you need to do. Nodding, Monica went on her way out of the house. Chapter 16 Dr. Martin Lawson Dr. Lawson looked at his swollen eyes in the window reflection of his new office, dreading to face his new group of students. He was teaching first-year students this semester, an introduction to biology. In normal circumstances, Dr. Lawson would have been delighted for the chance to inspire so many young minds. But because of what happened recently, he was less than thrilled. 
He only had about ten minutes before class started, and his palms were drenched with sweat. Aside from the old paint, Dr. Lawson's office was perfectly clean. He had no taste for decorations that he found excessive. There weren't any posters or bookshelves plastered on the wall. While most professors his age steered clear from new technology, Dr. Lawson embraced it. He had all his books on his phone, computer, and tablet. There was only one thing that Dr. Lawson kept a physical copy of. He took out his wallet and looked at a wedding photo of him and Shelley. Without her constant, unsolicited advice, he never would have continued his education to become a surgeon. She was the spark that helped him find his passion. Dr. Lawson's phone alarm snapped him out of his daydream. He was supposed to start the class in five minutes. Grabbing his laptop bag, Dr. Lawson locked his office and headed straight for the lecture hall. Once he arrived, he scanned the audience of students. He checked his phone and saw that this section had at least 250 students, not including the usual beggars who wanted a spot. Immediately, a student came up to Dr. Lawson. Hi, Professor, she said in a whiny voice. I didn't register in time for your class because, um, my mom died, like, um, yesterday. So, could you please add me to the class? Dr. Lawson took a deep breath before he spoke. Sit down, please. I promise you'll be taken care of. The student nodded and ran back to her seat in the back of the lecture hall. Silly girl, Dr. Lawson whispered to himself. Dr. Lawson turned around, hiding his painful grin while he connected his laptop to the projector. Welcome to Introduction to Biology, Dr. Lawson said his voice amplified on a speaker system. And welcome to your first class at Everstone University. Let's start by going over the syllabus. After Dr. Lawson opened the class syllabus on his computer, he highlighted the entire document and pressed delete. The whole class gasped. Now, before all of you wonder, why I just did that, Dr. Lawson said. Consider this your lucky day. With his eyes flashing with powerful white light, Dr. Lawson cast a daydream trance on all the students, allowing him to hypnotize them for a minute. Now, listen here, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone who is here right now will get an A for the semester. Just don't tell anyone about this. Go on with the rest of your day, and best of luck with your other classes. Drinking whiskey from a hidden flask from his jacket, Dr. Lawson sighed a breath of relief. With this taken care of, Dr. Lawson disappeared into white light as he teleported back into his office.
Chapter 17 Brother Fadi Fadi, Adrian, and Micah walked through Everstone Walkway. It was where the freshman dorms were, so it was the perfect location to recruit new members. Hundreds of students were walking through, talking to the fraternities and sororities to try to make a good impression. There were more than 20 Greek organizations at Everstone University, so competition for new members was very fierce. The Soul Alpha Brothers had already set up their booth near the entrance of the dorms. They all wore their signature white suits and golden ties and had their letter flag shown prominently at their booth. Since their founding, Soul Alpha has had the highest grades, the highest amount of community hours, and the highest graduation rate at their school. There had also been scores of legendary parties at the house. Fadi hated using the term, but they were the top house. As Fadi placed flyers on the table, he saw someone grab Micah from behind and lock him into a tight hug. It was Ariana, holding a plate of freshly baked white macadamia cookies. Hello, boys. You didn't think I'd forget, did you? Ariana smiled. Fadi took a cookie and chewed a big bite. These are great. Ariana flashed a playful frown. They're for the Rashi's dummy, don't touch. Fadi became dazed and had a sudden urge to follow Ariana's command. He stepped away from the plate of cookies. Ariana stuck out her tongue at Fadi. The sugar I use in these came from the garden. They'll help you find your guys, Mr. Recruitment Director. Fadi's face became beet red. He turned the other way. Thanks for the warning, Ari. Good luck, boys, Ariana said, kissing Micah before heading back to the Delta Lux booth. Sipping a large cup of black coffee, Fadi looked at the sea of students and felt a bit overwhelmed. There were so many PNMs, but only a few of them would be given a chance in Soul Alpha. Look at those anxious wrecks, so eager for life, Micah chuckled. Shut it, Fadi said. You were nervous last year, too. Nah, man, Micah laughed. As Fadi drank more coffee, he was approached by a freshman. He was wearing designer clothes and expensive wireless earphones. He took one of Ariana's cookies and chomped down on it. The name's Alejandro Fields, he said, shaking Fadi's hand. I kept hearing about you guys all summer. Definitely my first choice. To Fadi, the guy's voice sounded a bit too cocky. However, he had to give everyone a fair shot. He knew that the judgment trials would weed out the bad ones. Fadi handed the guy a business card. I'm Fadi, recruitment director. Nice to meet you. I'll see you at the house. He was their first PNM of the day. Thank you. I'll be over there. Alejandro's 
eyes lit up as he started walking towards the house. Micah grabbed Fadi's shoulder and placed the plate of cookies in front of him. Don't you just love these? Gotta give props to my queen. Fadi flashed an almost evil grin. This is almost too easy. Chapter 18 Brother Micah After a few hours setting up the house for recruitment, the front lawn looked magnificent. Color-changing lights illuminated the tables and fountains, creating a blitz of various light patterns. Taking in the entire scene, Micah smiled to himself. Ever walked beside him and slapped him on the shoulder. Terrific job, Micah. You nailed it. This was mostly due to your genius, sir, Micah replied. Ever laughed and released cigar smoke from his mouth. Oh, shut the fuck up, kid. I just pressed a button on my banking app. Only took a few calories and several thousand dollars in spare change. I assure you this event will be one you won't forget. Thanks to Ever's help, the brothers brought in food and drinks from the best chefs in the country, all of whom were Soul Alpha and Delta Lux alumni. They were serving steak, lobster, shrimp, crab, and burgers. All of them were of the finest quality. As for the drinks, none of them were domestic. All the beer, champagne, and vodka they had at the open bar were imported from Europe and Asia. It was thousands of dollars in fine luxury liquor. Micah loved every minute of setting everything up. This might have been the most expensive recruitment event they'd had in their chapter's history, but he knew that it needed to be done. He saw that at least a dozen PNMs were lined up to get in. Their auras of nervous eagerness were unmistakable. It was almost time to open the house to them. There was just one more thing left to do. Adrian approached Micah and grinned. The new phone software updates were a bitch to crack, but I'm finished. Awesome. Good work. Micah replied. Under Micah's orders, Adrian planted a virus in each of the PNM's phones. If any of them decided to take video or audio recordings of what was about to happen, their batteries would die, or their cameras wouldn't work. And just in case, Adrian also had a phone signal jammer that covered the entire estate. Nothing would be left to chance especially these days. There was always someone wanting to snoop in on the brothers. Micah saw Fadi exit the front of the house to walk toward him and Adrian. He looked around and seemed pleased with the surroundings. Hey, Fadi, Adrian said. We're just about ready to let them in. Fadi nodded. Great, this'll be fun. Looks like we got a good bunch. Micah looked at Fadi. He could sense that there was something wrong. So, how's Dr. Lawson? 
Micah asked. No improvement, Fadi frowned. I don't think he'll be celebrating with us tonight. As Fadi finished, Micah saw a bright light in front of the open bar. It was Dr. Lawson teleporting in. Fadi spoke too soon. Athenian Vodka, double. Dr. Lawson told a brother who was on bar duty. Adrian started to walk over, but Micah used telekinesis to give him a light push back. Dr. Lawson downed his drink and asked for another one before he finally just took an entire handle. After he got what he wanted, he teleported back into the house. Let him work through this, Micah told the officers. We can handle recruitment by ourselves. Besides, Ever is here. No need to worry. Fadi grinned and pounded his fists together. And I've been training nonstop. We don't need Lawson tonight. Those Umbra Omegas are in for a beating if they try to attack us. Micah's phone vibrated with a text from Ariana. She was near the gate with her sisters. They were the special guests of the recruitment event. The sisters of Delta Lux. My queen is here, Micah told Vadi. After they're all inside, let the PMs in so we can begin. Micah, Fadi, and Adrian went to the gates and saw a dozen Delta Lux sisters emerge from black limousines. They were wearing beautiful sapphire and ruby dresses, the epitome of both beauty and brains. Ariana was the most beautiful of them all. She smiled as she walked forward, her dress emphasizing her curvy body. Using their powers, Micah and the brothers opened the gates for them. You look stunning, Micah said, taking Ariana's hand to kiss it. He felt her hand become warm. She smiled, making her dimples show. You too, handsome. Ariana looked at the large row of PNMs that they invited and grinned. I think that my cookies did the trick, don't you think? Definitely. Micah held her hand and nodded. As more sisters walked inside, Micah spotted Monica among them. She had her signature black blazer over her dress. She made a beeline toward him. So, Mr. President, Ari told me about what happened. We're glad to be of help. Micah nodded and shook Monica's hand. I'm touched, Monica. Thanks for being here. Monica nodded back. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to grab a drink and sit down. I just finished a long, argumentative meeting with my sisters. Best of luck, Micah. Thank you, Micah said. After the exchange with Monica, Ariana and Micah walked over to the table. Ariana's favorite drink, cranberry vodka with edible gold flakes, was waiting for her. She took a sip and smiled as her sister took seats at the other tables. Let the PNMs inside, Micah texted Fadi.
Fadi nodded after he read the text. His eyes flashed with white light and broke the PNMs out of their waiting trance. He, along with other brothers, ushered them inside. Welcome to the House of Soul Alpha, Fadi said. Enjoy the food and drinks provided by our esteemed alumni. Get to know our brothers as well as the lovely ladies from Delta Lux. As the PNMs all rushed inside nervously, Micah and Ariana smirked at their astonished faces at the sight of their party. Indeed, it looked more like a formal instead of a recruitment event. The first PNM Micah met, Alejandro, was at the front. He shook hands with Fadi and was beaming. Along him were two friends, a red-headed guy who was holding a white skateboard and a guy who was wearing a navy suit. Where is the president? Micah heard Alejandro ask Fadi, who pointed in his direction. Micah was impressed. The kid had guts of steel, going to see him first. This was a plus in his book. Alejandro and his friends got themselves plates of food and walked over to Micah's table to sit down. My name is Alejandro, he said, offering his hand. I saw you earlier doing tabling. Micah shook it and smiled. I'm Micah, Alpha Chapter President. But it seems like you already know. Looking around, Micah offered his hand to the guy in the suit. I'm Daniel, he replied. He seemed like a nice, ordinary guy. Lastly, there was the redhead kid. As Micah reached for his hand, the kid dropped his skateboard on the table, causing Ariana's drink to almost spill on her dress. Micah stopped it just in time with a stealthy bit of telekinesis. He didn't think anyone saw his eyes glow. Um, the redhead kid said, turning to Ariana in a nervous frenzy. I'm so sorry. Ninja reflexes, am I right? Ariana laughed. Don't worry about it. My name is Ariana. I am Micah's girlfriend. Alejandro roared with laughter. I've known Eric since middle school. Always was a clumsy fuck. Eric's face turned bright red. Micah did his best to remain neutral. He shook Eric's hand again and was successful this time. Using his powers to calm him down, they both sat. It seemed that his embarrassment faded. Everyone deserved a second chance. Why not him? Fadi approached Micah's table and introduced himself to the trio of PNMs. Good to meet all of you. We'll be starting the activities shortly. In the meantime, please enjoy yourselves. With that, Fadi slapped Micah's shoulder twice. He looked behind him and saw that the other half of the fraternity had arrived from inside the house. It was almost time to begin the judgment trials. The brothers had been meditating for the past hour, charging up their power to their fullest. They lined up in a straight line. Their eyes glowed with a powerful white light. The gates were locked tight. Together, the brothers unleashed a wave of bright light 
that put all the PNMs to sleep. Micah closed his eyes and focused on synchronizing his thoughts with his brothers. Together, they transported their minds to another place, to the astral world where the judgment trials would take place. It was time to weed out the PNMs. Chapter 19 Alejandro Fields Dazed, Alejandro opened his eyes and found himself on the deck of a cruise ship. It was sunset. The chilly afternoon air felt good on his face. He tried to remember why he was here, but couldn't. Something was blocking his memories. The only thing he remembered was that the ship was called the Honor. All around him, people were eating and drinking. They looked vaguely familiar, as if he'd met them before. Had he? Alejandro looked up and saw his two friends, Eric and Daniel, sitting beside him. They were eating steak and lobster, laughing as they chatted with a beautiful girl sitting beside them. Ariana? That was her name, was it? Alejandro wasn't sure. Three men walked by. They were wearing white crew uniforms. One of them was a tall guy with the captain's hat. The other two must be his officers. One was bearded and had a rugged look to him. And the other carried a large tablet and looked way too young to be a ship officer. Their golden name badges read, Micah, Fadi, and Adrian. Hey man, Eric said, grabbing Alejandro's arm. Are you okay? You look confused. Sorry, it's nothing, Alejandro replied. Probably just seasick. In his gut, Alejandro knew that there was something strange going on. He looked into the eyes of the ship officers. They all seemed tense and worried. Excuse me, Alejandro said, getting up from the table. I need to speak to the officers. Alejandro tapped on Micah's back. He turned around and smiled. Hi there, how can I help you? Captain, Alejandro started to say. I... <laughs> it's Commander, actually, Micah interrupted, pointing to the title on his name badge. We do things a little differently on this ship. Guess I'm sorry, then. No worries, Micah grinned. Now, what seems to be the issue? I don't know why I'm here. Where are we going? Where are we? When did we leave? Easy there, kid, Micah said, giving strange glances to Fadi and Adrian. I think you need to sit down and have another drink. Adrian turned on his tablet and showed it to Alejandro. We're just on our way back to the East Coast part of your all-expense trip to Virginia. I suspect we'll be there in a couple of hours. Just relax and enjoy the food. With that, the ship's officers disappeared after Alejandro blinked a few times. <laughs> what the fuck? Alejandro mumbled. Alejandro sat back down with Eric, Daniel, and Ariana. They were still laughing and drinking unaware of the stress he was feeling. 
Ariana wiped her face with her napkin and smiled. Well, gentlemen, I must head back to my room. It was fun chatting with you. Best of luck. As soon as Ariana was out of sight, Alejandro grabbed Daniel's hand. What the actual fuck is going on here? Why are we going to Virginia? Daniel smirked. I don't know, man. Just enjoy it. Lots of beautiful women around and plenty of food. Why are you complaining? Alejandro scoffed and turned to Eric. You're supposed to be the smart one. Why the fuck are we here? There was no response from Eric. The silence was broken by a loud explosion coming from just below the ship. The ship's alarms activated and red lights flashed everywhere. Alejandro immediately shot up from his chair. I knew it. Those fuckers were hiding something. Micah's voice filled the air through the intercom. Please make your way over to the lifeboat near the south end of the ship. Please allow the woman to go on it first. Eric's face turned pale. Did he say lifeboat, not lifeboats? As in, there's only one lifeboat? Alejandro reached for his phone in his pocket. His eyes became filled with terror after seeing it wasn't picking up a signal. We're fucked, Alejandro gulped. Chapter 20 Brother Fadi Fadi grinned as he pressed a giant red button on the control panel, causing the ship's engine to explode. The ship was trembling, and the water was now leaking inside at an exponential rate. The trial has begun, Commander, Fadi said. I think you're gonna like how I designed this. The Soul Alpha Brothers had full control of reality when in the astral world. Inside it, their thoughts became things in an instant. Whatever they could conceive, they could bring it forth to this fake reality. Adrian smirked. The ship will be beneath the Atlantic Ocean in less than an hour. Micah nodded. Good. Let's head outside. The three officers made their way to the deck to watch the chaos unfold. Fadi designed the trial to have just one lifeboat for all the people on board. It was big enough only to fit the Delta Lux sisters. They were instructed to act natural, pretending that this was an actual crisis. Their screams and panic yells were indeed enough to convince anyone. Fadi teleported in front of the lifeboat before anyone could make it there. After a few seconds, he saw the horde of people running to get on. Women go first, please, Fadi instructed, letting the Delta Lux sisters on one by one. Don't worry, there's plenty of room. Alejandro, Daniel, and Eric were the first men to be near the lifeboat. Fadi locked eyes with them. They seemed to look utterly calm despite the circumstances, letting women through with ease. This impressed Fadi, who did his best to maintain his poker face. 
Fadi looked at the crowd of other PNMs running in the back. All of them had looks of growing terror inscribed on their faces as the lifeboats started filling up. As much as Fadi wanted to tell them that this was a simulation, he needed to maintain composure. Ariana was the last Delta Lux sister to get inside the lifeboat. She smiled at Fadi as she sat down. Launch the boat, Adrian, Fadi yelled. We're all filled up here. Immediately, the lifeboat's ropes started to lower. None of the PNMs were on it, just as Fadi planned. Wait, a guy yelled at Fadi. My father can give you some crypto. You can't leave me. Appalled, Fadi glared at the guy. Not a chance, mister. Now get back in line. We're going to go down with the ship like gentlemen. Another PNM reached into his pocket for a thick wad of cash. His hand trembled as he tried handing it to Fadi. I'll send you some more money later. Just stop the lifeboat and let me on. No good, Fadi said, punching the guy's nose, scattering the cash into the cold waters. Get back in line. The guy backed off, covering his bloody nose with his hands. Fucking hell, there's enough for one more. My father will hear about this. Fadi screamed. The boat will buckle and kill everyone if I let even one more on. The lifeboat was about to detach. The crowd of PNMs became rowdier and rowdier, screaming and punching each other out of the way. When the lifeboat finally launched, the crowd of guys jumped off the deck to go on it. Ariana smiled at Fadi as her eyes flashed with blue light. She and her sisters used their powers to make the water twice as cold. Fadi's eyes flashed with white light as he used telekinesis to shove the PNMs into the cold water, preventing them from ever touching the lifeboat. One by one, they hit the water, struggling in its icy clutches. After a few seconds, their dying screams were silenced. Looking down at his shoes, Fadi noticed that the water had already reached the deck. It was only a matter of minutes before the ship sank completely. Turning around to see if anyone was left, Fadi saw Alejandro, Daniel, and Eric still on the ship's deck. It was not as many as he'd hoped, but at least there were some PNMs left. Good job, boys, Fadi said. Follow me. Fadi led the three PNMs into the ship's command center. It was already submerged underwater, protected only with glass windows. Micah and Adrian stood near the steering wheel, drinking glasses of whiskey. Commander, these three wanted to join us, Fani said. Micah smiled. Welcome, gentlemen. You've shown great honor this afternoon. Well done. Daniel nodded. It was the right thing to do. Fadi grinned. You haven't seen anything yet. His eyes glowed with white light. Remember to forget. After pouring the PNM some whiskey, 
The officers and the PNMs clinked their drinks together as the water shattered the glass and engulfed the command center with icy cold death. Chapter 21 Daniel 10 Daniel's eyes were forcefully shut. He felt the whiskey glass in his hand shatter as his mind was pulled in different directions like a rubber band. Despite using up all his will, he couldn't move at all. He was engulfed in paralysis. The pressure alternated between blazing hot and freezing cold. After what felt like an eternity, the pressure stopped. Daniel opened his eyes and found himself in a brightly lit room, startled by a fantastic sight. He couldn't believe his eyes. The room was the size of a basketball stadium and was filled with gold bars, jewels, and piles of cash. His two friends, Alejandro and Eric, stood beside him. They were also mesmerized. A golden door materialized in front of the trio. Once it opened, three familiar faces stepped outside. It was Micah, Fadi, and Adrian from the cruise ship. Instead of wearing the ship crew uniforms, they were wearing white suits with golden ties. Isn't this a welcome change from drowning on a cruise ship, Fadi said, shaking Daniel's hand. Daniel nodded, but no words came out of his mouth. He shivered from anxiousness, and he felt like his heart was about to explode. It was the same for Eric. Only Alejandro seemed to be perfectly calm. Fadi clapped his hands, jolting Daniel into alertness. All this wealth will be yours if you want, every cent. As Fadi spoke, all the jewels, cash, and gold were sucked into a golden vortex of light. Without the treasures, the room became dark and empty. As Fadi spoke, all the gold, jewels, and cash were sucked into a golden vortex of light. Without the treasures, the room became dark and empty. After everything was gone, the floors violently shifted beneath Daniel's feet. There is just one condition, Fadi said. Grinning as the vortex of light shrunk and floated above his palm. The floor cracked, separating into floating seven-foot blocks that formed a spiral to the ceiling. The vortex on Fadi's palm transformed into a golden check that glowed with powerful white light. Daniel stared at it, hypnotized by what he could do with the money. He would drop out of school and retire early to travel the world. The thought of this made him smile. Who's up for a little game? A race to the top, Fadi said. He threw the check to the top of the spiral. Whoever gets to the check will win everything. Alejandro gulped. Up there? But I'm afraid of heights. That's not my problem, Fadi smirked. Look, boys, that's ten blocks up. You may use any means necessary to win. With that, Fadi and his brothers disappeared into light, 
and teleported to the top of the spiral. Their loud, deep laughter echoed to the bottom. Daniel looked at Alejandro and Eric. He was still shaking from the cruise ship experience, but the incentive to win the prize gave his body an adrenaline boost. Without hesitation, he started to climb up the blocks. Eric followed suit and started climbing, leaving Alejandro behind. What the fuck? Alejandro screamed. Don't leave me here. Well, hurry the fuck up, Daniel laughed, hoisting himself to the second block. Taking a deep breath, Alejandro followed and started climbing. Fuck it, that shit is mine. Daniel kept climbing until he made it halfway. He stopped to catch his breath for a minute. Then, he turned around and saw that Eric and Alejandro had caught up. Alejandro closed his eyes and laughed. What's the matter, Danny boy? Tired already? Give me a break. I haven't gone to the gym in a week, Daniel said. Shut up, you guys, Eric shouted. You're giving me a headache. As the trio bickered, three swords materialized from white light and floated in the air. Immediately, Alejandro grabbed one. Eric and Daniel did the same. Alejandro flashed a sinister smile at Eric and Daniel. Remember when I invited you guys to take fencing lessons with me? Daniel gulped. Yeah, so? Now you'll regret not going, Alejandro laughed. Without hesitating, Alejandro swung his sword at Daniel. With swift precision, he blocked it and pushed Alejandro back. Well, looks like the amateur has some skill, Alejandro grunted. But it's over for you. Eric got between Alejandro and Daniel. Guys, let's just calm down. We're all friends here. No need to be hostile. Those guys are just baiting us. Are they? Alejandro said, swinging his sword at Eric. Daniel stepped in and blocked the sword from hitting Eric. What the fuck? You're helping him? Alejandro screamed. Look, man, we can split the prize, Daniel said, raising his sword in a defensive stance. There's more than enough for everybody. Not for me, Alejandro said. Alejandro swung his sword at Daniel and Eric. They blocked each one of his strikes and nearly pushed him over the edge. Fuck, Alejandro screamed as he almost lost his balance, dropping his sword to the bottom of the spiral. Not wanting to waste this opportunity, Daniel and Eric continued to climb the blocks. Regaining his composure, Alejandro started climbing to follow them. Daniel was relieved to see Alejandro become unarmed, but was still worried about what else Alejandro might do. He'd never seen him like this, so angry and greedy. What had gotten into him? Clearing his mind, Daniel continued to climb with Eric. Alejandro was right behind them. They made it to the eighth block, then the ninth block, and finally the three PNMs reached the top. Micah, Fadi, and Adrian were sitting at a table, observing each PNM closely. The golden check floated in the middle of the block near them. Almost there, guys, Fadi smiled. Go ahead, take it. Sweat poured from Daniel's face from all the climbing but he had just enough strength to reach for the check. 
Looking around, Daniel saw that Eric was in the same condition. Ahead of him, Daniel saw Micah turn to Fadi and nod. Fadi acknowledged him by nodding back. With that, a powerful bright light appeared in Alejandro's hand that transformed into a gun. Daniel's heart pounded against his chest. Back off, Daniel! Alejandro screamed with insanity as he pointed his gun at Daniel. It's all mine! Daniel and Eric raised their hands. Okay, Daniel said. You win. Just don't hurt us. Yeah, let's just split the prize into thirds. That would be fair and equal, Eric said. <laughs> I should be more equal than you. As it should be, Alejandro laughed. You fucks have lost. With a final, maniacal laugh, Alejandro pulled the gun's trigger, and the bullet pierced through his own heart. Alejandro coughed up blood and grunted. I... I don't understand. What happened? He grasped his bleeding heart, stumbling backward until he reached the edge of the block. Fadi's eyes flashed with white light as Alejandro was pushed with a telekinetic force. Greed, that's what happened, you selfish piece of shit. With a final dying scream, Alejandro fell ten stories to the ground, shattering his skull and spine. Daniel watched in horror as a puddle of blood stained the floor below. Alejandro Fields, Fadi said. I'm afraid that you're disqualified. As Fadi finished, Daniel looked at Eric as a gun materialized into his hand. Feel free to kill Eric, Fadi stood up. That gun will not backfire if you choose to shoot it. Eric looked at Fadi with terrified eyes that pleaded for mercy. But Daniel chose to place the gun on the floor, sparing Eric. Let's grab the check at the same time. Daniel told him. Eric, caught off guard, nodded in agreement. The remaining two PNMs did precisely that. They reached for the golden check at the same time. As both their fingers touched the check, it disappeared into light. Daniel's eyes widened. Where did the money go? Then he remembered why he was here. It wasn't some dream or an acid trip. He was here to see if he would like to join Soul Alpha fraternity. The Soul Alpha brothers clapped and smiled. Outstanding, they said in unison. We're all proud of your efforts. The blocks floated back into the ground, creating a flat floor like before. Holding out his hand, Micah summoned two golden envelopes. One had Eric's name and one had Daniel's name. We welcome you both to become a brother of Soul Alpha Fraternity, Micah said. You've shown great character through the judgment trials. These are your official bid letters. Fadi crossed his arms. By accepting our bid, you will have the chance to develop powers beyond your imagination. Adrian stepped in. But that power comes with a promise. 
You mustn't use your powers to hurt others. In fact, just the opposite. You must use your powers to help others. Eric took the envelope immediately, but Daniel looked at Micah with frightened eyes. The fraternity killed off the others to find recruits? That was just sickening. They're alive, Micah said, putting his hand on Daniel's shoulder. Rest assured, the other PNMs aren't dead. They'll be at our house party safe and sound, and they won't remember a thing. We did what we had to do, Adrian added. It's not ideal, but we couldn't just hand out powers like candy. The judgment trials show us people's true character. Eric and Daniel opened their envelopes. Eric smiled throughout, while Daniel was unsure of what he wanted to do. In his heart, this was too much for him to take. There was just one thing left to do. Daniel closed his envelope and handed it back to Micah, who was taken aback. I respectfully declined the bid. I only came to recruitment because Alejandro dragged me along. Micah nodded with a slight frown on his face. He gave Daniel a firm handshake. For what it's worth, you would have made a great addition to our ranks. Thank you, Daniel said. Micah, Fadi, and Adrian's eyes flashed with white light, making Daniel disappear into thin air. Turning to Eric, Micah wasted no time asking. How about you, Eric? What's your decision? Before Eric could answer, there was a loud explosion and a crash. The astral world had been breached. Chapter 22 Brother Micah Everyone stay calm and remain together, Micah screamed. We're going to get out of here. Fadi and Adrian nodded. Fadi grabbed Eric's arm. Prepare to teleport back into the physical world, Fadi yelled. The smell of burnt ash invaded Micah's nose. His environment started to change into a dark, fiery landscape with lava streaming around him. The brothers stood on a field of cracked glass, allowing them to see the lava beneath. The three of them attempted to use their powers to transport themselves out of the astral world, but a powerful presence was blocking them. It was a familiar, commanding presence. It was David. Wearing a black suit with a red tie, David appeared in front of the brothers with a blank stare on his face. There was a tattoo of a shattered moon on his forehead, the same one that Hayden had. He's been turned, Adrian squealed. Yeah, no shit, Micah yelled. A cloud of black smoke appeared beside David. Emerging from it was Hayden, with the same blank look that he had. Look who it is, Hayden hissed. Our former brothers. And it looks like the newest pledge class only has a single member. How pitiful. David glared at Micah. After we take you fools out, the rest of the chapter will be easy pickings. The mistress will have what she desires this time, and I will be right at her side. Fadi and Adrian sprang into action, their eyes glowing with bright white light.
they turned to Eric. Stay put. We'll deal with this. Micah did the same and focused his power. He had to save David just like he promised, even if it meant having to destroy him. You two deal with Hayden, Micah told Vadi and Adrian. Leave David to me. They did as they were told and began sparing with Hayden. Micah aimed his hands at David and fired missiles of bright light. The direct hit sent him landing on the glass floor, cracking it a bit more. David countered with a heavy telekinetic push. Micah felt the sharp edges of the cracked glass pierce through his back as he slid across the floor. Without hesitation, Micah fired more light missiles at David, hitting him directly in the face. His nose bled and his broken glasses flung off his face. Shrugging it off, David got back up and took a deep breath. David's eyes glowed with a bright red light as he blasted Micah with a web of black lightning. The pain surged through his body like a thousand knives stabbing him. This gave Micah a grim realization. He had underestimated David's power. Micah had forgotten that David had mastered lightning. One of the most potent attacks, typically used only by alumni. With that much power and skill, how could he possibly defeat him? It was beginning to look hopeless. It's over, Micah, David said, shocking him with another round of black lightning. He wiped the blood off his nose. I'm way more powerful than you could ever be. The powerful lightning continued to ripple through Micah's body. His consciousness was fading, but he powered through it all using his will. He wasn't going to let himself die at this fake imposter of David's hands. Hoping that Hayden was already defeated, Micah turned to look at the other fight, but it was no different than his. With both of them on the ground, Fadi and Adrian struggled against Hayden. They were being tortured with black lightning. David, you've got to listen to me. Micah screamed at the former president. You've got to snap out of it. You're a soul alpha. David scoffed at Micah and fired another round of black lightning. Those words don't mean anything anymore. I only serve Umbra Omega. Then you leave me no choice. With all his remaining power, Micah focused his thoughts on saving David and managed to conjure a blast of white lightning. Micah's steady stream of white lightning was at equal power with David's black lightning. They were locked in a power clash. You surprise me, Micah, David yelled, maintaining his focus. But that's not enough. You will die by my hands, little brother. David's lightning pushed against Micah's, becoming more and more powerful. Micah felt his strength rapidly decreasing. He was almost sure that he'd meet his end right then and there. Until he felt a hand grab his shoulder. It was Eric's hand. Micah watched in disbelief as Eric's eyes flashed with a bright golden light, a light more brilliant than he'd ever seen before. 
Raising both his hands, Eric summoned two streams of white lightning to blast David and Hayden away from the brothers with ease. The Umbra Omegas both fell on their backs, just inches apart from the lava streams. Dazed and confused, Micah's eyes grew wide as he realized that Eric had powers. It meant that Eric was a legacy, a descendant of a soul alpha brother, and a powerful one. This ignited a flame of hope inside of Micah. Played with powers, David screamed. How can this be possible? Hayden clutched his bruised arm. This must be some mistake. Eric's hands continued to crackle with electricity. Stay away from them, he cautioned. David and Hayden looked at each other with angry red eyes breaking their poker faces. They both got up and combined their powers, sending a blast of black lightning at Eric. Before the lightning could hit, Eric stopped it by lifting the two Umbra Omegas into the air and pounded them violently against the cracked glass. Under their weight, the glass shattered and David and Hayden's bodies fell into the burning lava. As Micah watched their bodies burn, a surge of relief entered his mind. They became nothing more than ash and dust. In the deepest valley of his heart, he hoped that David was okay. This was the astral world after all. Their physical bodies might still be intact. The Umbra Omegas were gone. The four of them closed their eyes, combining their powers to escape the astral world. The judgment trials were finally over. Chapter 23 Brother Micah Micah opened his eyes and was back at the house with Ariana, Alejandro, Daniel, and Eric. All the PNMs were wide awake, enjoying their food and drinks as if nothing ever happened. They were all still alive. It was still a simple fraternity recruitment event for them. Micah's forehead was covered in cold sweat. His hands shook from using up a tremendous amount of power. Ariana held Micah's hand, using her powers to warm it. Hey, what's wrong? Pledges gave you a hard time? Something like that. I'll tell you later. Micah told her. I need something to drink first. Quietly sighing in relief, Micah went over to the open bar and downed two shots of 90-proof absinthe, his go-to drink. He needed something to work fast. He had just fought David, the one who guided him through his beginnings in Soul Alpha. He just needed something to slow down his thoughts. Micah turned and looked at Eric's smiling face. There wasn't a single drop of sweat on it. It was thanks to this kid that his brothers made it out safely. They had kept records of alumni for decades. Could they have possibly missed this one guy? Micah couldn't wrap his head around it. 
Micah walked over to the brothers who helped transport spirits into the astral world. They looked exhausted beyond belief from erasing every rejected PNM's memories. You guys did amazing. I'm proud of you, gentlemen. Go ahead and rest up. Micah told them. The chefs have prepared a private feast for you all inside. With their empty, drained eyes, they nodded and went back into the house. Fadi and Adrian came up to Micah after he made sure that the house was locked. What should we do about Eric? Adrian asked. Legacies never usually have to go through the judgment trials. There's no way we can erase his memories now that he's immune to mind wipes. Fadi nodded. Just relax, Adrian. I'm sure that he'll accept our bid. I agree, Micah said. Otherwise, we'll have to call the High Council to strip him of his powers, and that's going to be a pain. Only they can deal with him. Without warning, Ever came up to them. He was carrying a tall glass of Athenian beer provided by Delta Lux. After taking a drink, Ever's body was cleansed of alcohol, sobering him up in a mere second. Delta Lux's secret alcohol cleanse recipe. I won't inform the other members of the council about this until Eric accepts his bid. Ever coughed. We old coots have more important things to do. Eric must become a soul alpha. Micah laughed, but he knew that he shouldn't have. Ever was a member of the High Council, a trio of alumni who had mastered the power given by the ritual. In other words, they were nobody to mess with. You're right, sir, Micah said. Let's seal the deal then. The four of them went over to an empty table, far away from everyone. Fadi called out Eric's name and invited him to sit down with them. So, Eric, Micah said, have you thought about your decision? Eric looked at Micah and grinned. Yes, I did. And? Eric's eyes flashed with white light as he levitated his skateboard in front of the brothers, spinning it around and around. He closed his eyes, causing the skateboard to dance and rotate wildly in the air. He finally placed it on the ground and stood up. He held out his hand. Micah, I accept your invitation to join Soul Alpha. Micah's face lit up, as did Vadi's and Adrian's. In that case, welcome to Soul Alpha, Micah said, shaking Eric's hand with a firm grip. After their earlier defeats, Micah was thrilled to have something positive finally happen. He wanted a bigger pledge class, but now had another guy in their ranks. A powerful legacy at that. Micah grinned. He knew that Umbra Omega had better watch out. Chapter 24 Shelley Lawson Shelley let out a shrill scream as David and Hayden's bodies collapsed into the abandoned library floor as their corrupted spirits returned inside them. 
This can't be happening, Shelly screamed. You were supposed to be the unstoppable ones. Shelly's eyes flashed with red light. She grabbed David's neck and lifted his body to the wall. Red energy transferred from her hands to David's body, restoring him to full consciousness. David opened his eyes and shook in fear. Mistress, I can explain. Shelly let go of David. His heavy body landed on the floor with thud. Micah and the rest of them, they're going to have a new brother, David coughed. A legacy, mistress, too powerful for us. A goddamn legacy? Shelley couldn't believe what she had heard. She sent David and Hayden to the astral world to ensure that no pledge made it through the trials. Hearing about the legacy made her blood boil. I don't have much time, Shelley screamed, using telekinesis to slam David into the wall. The decay is accelerating. I need to find the ritual now. David went on his knees. With all due respect, mistress, the ritual is well guarded. With the legacy on their side, I'm afraid that even I... Shelley didn't let David finish. Her eyes glowed with blue light as she froze him in ice. Useless fucking idiots. Unable to calm down, Shelley turned to the sleeping Hayden's body and kicked him as hard as she could. Books flew from the shelves and made a mess of paper everywhere. She couldn't give up now. She was too close. At that moment, Shelley heard a knock at the front door of the library. She picked up her black bladed umbrella from a shelf and went upstairs to open the door. When she opened the door, she aimed the blade at the person behind it. When she saw who it was, Shelley lowered her weapon. It's you, Shelley said, nearly dropping her umbrella. What are you doing here? The figure at the door was wearing a black cloak. Shelley could not see who it was, but she already knew. The soul alphas have a new legacy at their side, the cloak figure said. I already knew that, Shelley hissed. Two of my best knights failed to sabotage recruitment because of him. The cloaked figure nodded in disappointment and crossed his arms. We will fail if we don't act quickly. Do not anger me with the obvious. Do you have a plan? I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Then tell me. Be patient. I will do exactly what is needed. Shelley scoffed. Dispense with the vagueness. We must do this quickly. If the High Council intervenes, then it's over. They're too powerful together. They won't get in our way, the cloak figure said. I guarantee it. 
the old fools have too much trust in Alpha Chapter. Thank you, Shelley said, closing the door. It's almost time. Wait. The cloaked figure grabbed the door before Shelley could shut it. There is no time to waste. Prepare all your warriors and attack the house. This time, it's all or nothing. You push a hard bargain, old friend, Shelley hissed. Now, get out. I will strike very soon. Chapter 25 Eric's Initiation This chapter has been redacted by the High Council of Soul Alpha Fraternity. Sincerely, Adrian Alistair, Sentinel of Alpha Chapter. Chapter 26 Brother Micah The next afternoon after the initiation ceremony, Micah and Eric stood in line at the university housing office. The building was about to close, and they were the last ones waiting. Micah wanted Eric to move in before his first hospital raid tonight. They were there to sign a form to change his living arrangements to the fraternity house. Much to his chagrin, Eric was placed in the oldest dorm at the school, which had a growing mold problem that the university tried to cover up. It was the same one that Micah was assigned to when he was a freshman. It felt more like a prison rather than a place to live. The university had newer buildings on campus, but the administrators charged everyone the same extortionate rate, regardless of the building's age and condition. It was a load of horseshit. As Micah completed the paperwork, he could sense an overwhelming joy in Eric's mind. He didn't have to go through that random roommate stuff anymore, not in the house. Eric would have a single room to himself, perfect for having or not having guests over when he wanted. You're ready to move in with us tonight? Micah asked. Tonight? Isn't that too soon? I have so much stuff, and I thought we're just doing the paperwork portion. That shouldn't be a problem, Micah replied, turning in the finished forms to the desk assistant. Micah led Eric behind a soda machine before he figured it was safe to speak. He could never be more careful with potential snoops. That's why we could teleport things, kid, Micah whispered. Use your brain. Eric frowned. I actually can't. I could only shoot lightning and make stuff move. The way he said, only shoot lightning, made Micah cringe a little. He couldn't believe that Eric made light of a powerful ability that took him years to develop. It's just like when we left the astral world, Micah said calmly. Micah checked to see if anyone was looking. Then he placed two fingers on Eric's forehead. Close your eyes and think of your room. As soon as Eric did what Micah asked, Micah used his powers to teleport them into his dorm room. When the process was finished, Micah was astounded to find himself in the exact same room he moved into a long time ago.
Eric's stuff was mostly still in boxes and suitcases. Eric wasn't kidding when he said he had a lot of stuff. There were probably half a dozen boxes stacked up on the bed. Eric's roommate, who was eating a sandwich, dropped his food on the floor as soon as he saw them. Ketchup splattered all over the old marble. Holy freaking shit, he screamed with a mouthful of food. As quickly as Micah could, he stared into the roommate's eyes and induced a deep sleep, a trick he learned from Adrian. The roommate collapsed on his chair and snored like a pig. Eric laughed hysterically for a whole minute. You'll learn how to do that in time, Micah chuckled. And good God, I fucking hate snorers. You dodged a bullet. Turning around, Micah focused his powers on Eric's belongings. They all glowed with bright light as he transferred them to Eric's new room. In an instant, the boxes disappeared. Eric's side of the room was squeaky clean. Only idiots take more than one trip, Micah smirked. Once more, Micah touched Eric's forehead, teleporting them to just outside Eric's new room. Micah reached into his pocket and handed Eric a golden key card. Go ahead, Micah said. Welcome to your new home. Eric swiped his card on the electronic lock and opened the door. His jaw practically dropped when he saw the inside of his new room. Every Soul Alpha's room, including Eric's, had a king-sized bed, a bathroom, and a walk-in closet. The only difference between his and Micah's suite was a kitchen and a living room. This was a considerable upgrade from the crummy old dorm that he was assigned to. Damn, I can't believe this, Eric said. This is too much. Thank you. Thank the High Council, not me, Micah laughed. They made this place possible. Grinning, Eric turned to his right. There were buttons on the wall that could dim the lights and change their colors. He pressed on them randomly, changing the lights from red to green to blue and everything else in between. Lastly, he pressed a button that looked like a musical note. It was the button to activate the wireless speaker system. It'll connect with your phone or laptop, Micah said. And don't worry, the room, even the windows, are completely soundproof. Blast your music to your heart's content. Sick! Eric's face beamed with joy. This is too much. Glad to hear it again, Micah said. Meet us outside the house around 6 p.m. We're going out to heal some folks at the hospital. Will do. Eric replied. Micah closed the door behind him. It was time to give Adrian a visit. He needed to find out Eric's background. After grabbing his vault keys from his room, Micah headed to the basement and went inside the vaults. Adrian and Fadi were already there, booting up the computer that the fraternity kept hidden from the outside world. In it, they had digital archives of photos, videos, and family trees. They had everything that had significance to the fraternity.
They needed to find out who Eric's birth father was. The only thing Adrian found on Eric on the surface internet was that he lived with adopted parents before going to college. Adrian groaned. It's finally almost done loading. Damn thing is still running a five-year-old OS. I don't understand a word of what you just said, but at least it works, Micah replied. Eric de Kronos, let's see who you really are. Adrian typed Eric's full name on the search window. The computer processed the search query. It returned with no results. Adrian blinked his eyes quickly, maybe hoping for the screen to change what it said. No fucking way, Adrian said, his face puzzled. I don't believe it. Fadi shot a concerned glance at Adrian. Does that mean we have unaccounted for brothers? It means that someone forgot to use a rubber, dumbass, Adrian chuckled. His hyena laugh pierced through the silence. Adrian was right. An alumnus must have had Eric accidentally and didn't let the fraternity know. The kid is powerful, Fadi said. His father must have also been. Maybe someone on the high council. Micah sighed. Yeah, that's the only possible explanation as why he could use lightning. Beeping three times, the computer returned a single search result. It was a protected text named Forth. The hell is that? Micah asked Adrian. Looks like an encrypted file, Adrian replied. I've never seen it before. Micah watched as Adrian performed a complicated password cracking technique on the text document. After he finished, he tried opening the file, but he still couldn't. The look on Adrian's face was a pure disappointment. He'd never met a system he couldn't crack before, and his face was red with embarrassment. Fucking hell, Adrian screamed, squeezing the computer mouse. How the fuck did that not work? Take it easy, man, Micah said. We'll figure it out later. We've got to head to the hospital soon. Ugh. Fine. Micah heard the door squeak open. He turned around and was startled by Ever standing in the vault's entryway. He was further surprised that he wasn't smoking a cigar. So, you boys are having legacy issues? Ever asked. Let me bring clarity to your minds. Ever walked over to the computer, his eyes flashed with a powerful white light as he opened the protected text document. The council protected this file so that only brothers with powers could access it. It's ancient history, but I think that you boys should know. Micah watched in fascination as the document was opened. There were scans of old, yellowing paper. He read the first two entries with a hunger for information. 1869. It's official. Alexander, Connor, Brian, and I, John, are the founders of Soul Alpha Fraternity. 
onward to a future of giving ill people a second chance. Micah darted to another entry. This was on a paper stained with what looked like to be blood. In 69, Brian could not handle controlling the power. He attacked us again during his malicious quest for personal gain. And the greed in his heart is too much. We decided to put him away. Councilmember Calavero and I both agreed. Brian must be completely obliterated from our history. Grand President J.H. Micah wanted to continue reading, but Ever turned the monitor off. Don't worry, Ever said. You'll have plenty of time to read the rest. We had four founders, Micah asked. I thought we only had three. Alexander, Connor, and Jonathan. We did have four founders, Ever said, glaring at Micah. But the fourth one, Brian DeKronos, had to be destroyed and forgotten. He reached into his pocket and lit a cigar. Eric must be related to Brian. Maybe his great-grandson or something. The rest of the council will hate me for this. But I want to give Eric a chance. He will be valuable to our cause. Whenever stepped outside the vaults, he said one last thing. Now get your asses to the hospital. You all have healings to do, don't you? Teach the legacy a thing or two. Fadi and Adrian stood there speechless. For a few seconds, Micah did too. Going to the hospital nearly slipped out of his mind. You heard the man. Let's go, Micah finally said. The three of them left the vault in silence. As Micah locked the door, there was one thing that stayed on his mind. He needed to proceed with Eric carefully. Chapter 27 Brother Micah The cold, fresh air felt good on Micah's face as he walked with Eric and the other officers toward the local hospital. They all wore their white suits and golden ties, except for Eric. Micah told him to wear just a basic white sweater and jeans for now. They would get him a new suit later. Adrian checked his tablet for a hacked list of incoming and current patients. Micah told them that they were going to let Eric start with something easy, like a broken arm or a sprained ankle. Sure enough, there were a lot of them. Easy pickings for the new guy. Eric walked beside Micah with silent steps. He was trying to hide it by trying to appear calm, but his nervous energy was powerful and apparent. Micah could see tiny droplets of sweat form on Eric's forehead. Micah wondered if he was this jittery when he was new. Probably not. You've ever healed anyone before, Eric? Micah asked, breaking the silence. Maybe small cuts or bruises? Eric shrugged. Not that I know of. Think. You must have done something. Eric paused for a moment 
Well, my adoptive parents never got sick. Like, ever. Are you close to them? Micah asked before realizing how stupid he sounded. Eric laughed. <laughs> yeah, why? What, you thought I was like Cinderella? Not all those parents are assholes, you know. I'm pretty sure it wasn't just their immune system doing the healing then, Adrian chimed in. A single hug or a handshake could trigger your abilities. Yeah, it was pretty strange that they were always healthy. They were always eating junk food, and they never went to the gym. There was the answer, just like Micah suspected. He was impressed. If Eric said was true, then he could be just as powerful as some of the alumni. The thought that someone younger than him was more powerful sent a slight shiver down Micah's spine. He didn't like it one bit, but he was relieved that he was on their side. Micah kept walking until he and the others were at the back of the hospital. Adrian picked a corner to hide in to hack into the hospital cameras. After a few moments, he gave them a thumbs up. Go ahead and teleport inside. Fadi grabbed Eric's shoulder. You remember how to teleport, right? Uh, Eric gulped. I'm taking that as a big fat no, Fadi said, disappearing into white light and reappearing behind Eric. It's all about intention, kid. L let me give it a try, Eric stammered, closing his eyes. His entire body disappeared into glowing dust. He reappeared on top of a delivery truck, almost stumbling over. Oh, shit! Help! Eric screamed. I, I can't get... I, I can't get down. Fadi smirked. You'll have to teleport your way back down, newbie. What the fuck, dude? Eric yelled. Just get me down. Shut your damn eyes and focus on the ground, Fadi yelled. Startled, Eric did as Fadi said. He closed his eyes and turned into white light, teleporting back next to Fadi. With Eric's eyes still closed, Fadi slapped his back, jolting him back to waking up. Welcome back, rookie. Fadi laughed. I, I got it, Eric said. I finally teleported. Micah slapped Eric's back too. Good job. Eric grinned. Micah could sense his nervous aura disappearing. All right, men, let's head inside. The brothers all closed their eyes and focused on making it inside the hospital. In just a few seconds, their bodies turned into light. When they opened their eyes again, they were inside a room of a patient. The patient was a little boy who broke his arm. He was fast asleep, and his mom, who was right next to him, was startled out of her nap. Micah waved at the mom and flashed a bright smile. We're the specialists who can cure that broken arm tonight, ma'am. Oh, she replied, still looking confused. Thank goodness. Micah pushed Eric forward. Go. 
this should be easy for you. Focus on the boy being able to move his arm again. Eric sat down on a chair next to the boy. With his eyes glowing with bright light, Eric held the boy's arm. It was covered in a blanket of light. After a few seconds, Eric stood up. The boy opened his eyes and moved his newly healed arm. Mom, am I dreaming? The mom gasped in amazement and hugged her son. No, sweetie. These are special doctors who made you better. They're real. Micah shot Eric a telepathic message. Good job, brother. Eric turned to Micah and nodded. Now Micah needed to tell him the next step. Now, Eric, Micah said, we were never here. No one can ever know. With that, Fadi stepped in front of the mom and gave her direct eye contact. His eyes burned bright with white light. Within a few minutes, her memory of the healing was wiped. She fell asleep next to her son. Fadi has wiped out her memories of us, Micah told Eric, who appeared dumbfounded. In time, you'll learn how to do that too. Micah gave Adrian a video call and pointed his camera at the patient. Adrian answered right away. Patient's arm has completely healed thanks to Eric, Micah said. Adrian's face looked shocked. The fuck? That's not what I see. Micah looked at the boy's arm again. It was dark blue with purple bruises. Seeing the unusual color made Micah drop his phone, shattering its screen. He ran to the boy and grabbed his arm. Focusing intensely, Micah tried to heal him with his own power. He watched in horror as the dark blue color spread throughout his neck and face. Fadi, fucking help me, Micah yelled. Fadi stepped in and grabbed the boy's arm as well. His eyes glowed with the same white light, combining his healing powers with Micah. It was no use. Instead of fixing the problem, it only appeared to speed up. Almost drained of power, Micah and Fadi stepped back. The boy's entire body shut down before Micah's eyes. His eyes became dark blue and swollen. He was dying from lack of oxygen. No, 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 Micah mumbled. This can't be right. Fadi turned to Eric and grabbed him by the shirt collar. What the fuck did you just do? I, I didn't do anything, I swear, Eric choked. As Fadi tightened his grasp on Eric's shirt, an emblem of a shattered moon appeared on the little boy's forehead. Micah recognized it as the Umbra Omega symbol. Umbra Omega, Micah said, realizing that they were under attack. Fadi let go of him. Fadi turned and saw the shattered moon. He let Eric's collar go. At that moment, Micah realized what must have happened. Shelley must have known they were coming. Someone must have told her. The heart monitor beeped, signaling that the boy was dead. There was nothing Micah could do at this point. They failed to heal him. Micah clenched his fist. He picked up his shattered phone and used his powers to repair it. He then contacted Adrian. 
were retreating back to the house. Clear the surveillance. There is a traitor in our ranks. Micah ended the call before Adrian could ask questions. Eric looked back at the boy, couldn't heal. There was nothing they could do now. This was going to mess with his confidence and healing forever. They had no choice but to leave. But before the three of them could teleport, a black smoke appeared in front of them. It transformed into a familiar face. Hayden, Fadi said, recognizing who it was. Hayden's face was bloodied and bruised. He was wearing a ripped t-shirt that had red stains all over it. It was clear that he was being tortured. By Shelley, no doubt. Brothers, Hayden said, coughing up blood. I'm sorry for doing this. Shelly, she used me. I reversed your healing light, Eric. It wasn't your fault. Micah turned to Hayden and began to focus in on healing him. Hang in there, buddy. No, don't, Hayden screamed. Please, that will only corrupt me again. You have to kill me and let me rest, or she'll use me again. No fucking way I'm letting you die. Micah grabbed Hayden by the shirt. Someone must have told her that we were coming to the hospital with Eric. Who's helping her? Hayden coughed. There was a man who always came to visit Shelley. I think it was... Hayden's eyes flashed with red light as he raised a hand at Micah. He pushed Fadi, Eric, and Micah against the wall with a dense telekinetic force. In Shelley's voice, Hayden spoke. <laughs> That's enough, Soul Alpha. This is far bigger than any of you and your silly fraternity. I am coming for the ritual, and you can't stop me. It's about time we end this farce. Hayden put both hands on his head. The red light in his eyes crackled with white lightning. It was clear that he was using all his willpower to resist Shelley's influence. Hayden whispered, Goodbye, everyone. I will see you in Chapter Everlasting. Micah screamed, no, Hayden. What the hell are you doing? I swore an oath, Micah. I have to fulfill my duty. With a powerful blast of light, Hayden blew up his own head and obliterated his body into ashes. He was gone for good, free from Shelley's horrible control. Micah pounded the floor with a hot fist making a steaming dent the size of a basketball. Ugh, fuck that bitch to hell. He stood up and dusted himself off. Get ready, men. We will make our stand at the house, Micah said. We have to get rid of Umbra Omega forever. Chapter 28 Brother Micah Micah grabbed the house's front door open. Eric and the others followed suit. Adrian, ring the bells. Fadi, make sure everyone is ready to fight. 
I'll go get Dr. Lawson. Adrian and Fadi both nodded and immediately followed orders. The emergency bell rang once more, alerting all the brothers inside the house. Wake the fuck up, guys, Fadi spoke into his phone, broadcasting his voice to all sound systems inside the house. Get yourselves ready. Shelly is on her way here to take the ritual. Eric waved his hands. What should I do, Micah? Micah paused for what felt like an eternity before he spoke. Come with me to get Dr. Lawson. We'll need his help if we're going to stop Umbra Omega. Before Micah could move, Fadi grabbed his shoulder. What about the traitor? Who do you think it is? I think you know, Micah whispered before turning around. Keep an eye out for him while I do what I need to do. Gotta remain calm. Council member Ever Calavero, Fadi whispered, frowning. Micah nodded. Tragic, he whispered. Micah did his best to contain his anger while thinking about Ever. The way he engineered this whole thing, bringing down Dr. Lawson by mentally crippling him through the corruption of a pledge brother and his dead wife. He knew their every action and had been reporting to Shelley all this time. As a member of the High Council, he should be ashamed of himself. Micah and Eric stood just behind Dr. Lawson's door, the floor telekinetically flung open. Come in, Micah, Dr. Lawson whispered. The alumni advisor's room was littered with empty bottles of liquor. The color on his face was nearly gone. Dr. Lawson looked like a thin ghost of his former self. Sir, what happened? Eric asked. Dr. Lawson chuckled with a hint of regret. What the hell do you think happened, kid? Eric's face reddened. He sat down on a chair and fiddled with his phone. I apologize. Dr. Lawson grabbed his cane and stood up. It's just been too much for a man to handle on his own. But I'm fine. I haven't had a sip for a whole day. Dr. Lawson walked over to Micah and examined his worn out face. So you want my help to kill my undead wife? Is that it? I can feel her anger from all the way here. That's the idea, yes, Micah replied. Morbid, I know. I'm sorry. Don't feel bad. I knew it would come to this, Dr. Lawson sighed, putting on a white blazer. I'll do what I can, Micah. Shelley is powerful beyond belief. We'll have to use the ritual's energy to defeat her. You have to go get it for me. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, sir, Micah said. The brothers were interrupted by the smell of cigar smoke in a deep, raspy voice. Then let's go get it. Startled, Micah immediately shot a half-distressed look at Dr. Lawson, 
sending him a telepathic message. Error is a traitor working with Umbra Omega. Micah realized he acted too quickly. Thankfully, Ever was focused on Eric fiddling with his phone and didn't see his face. Then we have to proceed carefully, Dr. Lawson thought back, his eyes straining to hold back his shock. Micah felt the tension in the air rise. Chop, chop, let's go get the ritual, Ever snapped his fingers. I'm not getting any younger here. Let's go, Micah said, taking out his vault key and showing it to Ever. He had a plan to neutralize him. The four of them walked out of Dr. Lawson's room and headed straight for the vault in the basement. As they climbed downstairs, the sound of panicked brothers filled the air. Doors were slamming left and right as they readied themselves to defend the house. With Ever, Dr. Lawson, and Eric behind Micah, he unlocked the door to the vaults. Once they were inside, Micah walked past the old bookshelves and the computer. He headed directly for the secret hidden room that housed the ritual. Micah looked at the key vault in his hand and focused his powers. The key flew out of his hand and into the stone wall, revealing a hidden metal door from bright white light. The secret door was now in sight. Once Micah was inside, he would shut the door and deal with Ever. Let's go, Ever said, his voice becoming giddy. Let's exterminate Umbra Omega. Get ready. Micah shot Dr. Lawson another telepathic message. It's time to end this traitor. Dr. Lawson nodded. I am ready. Chapter 29 Brother Micah Micah turned the doorknob and opened the way into the ritual's hiding place. He felt its enormous power emanating from within. Ever after you, Micah gestured. Ever broke into a grin and went into the room. Micah, Eric, and Dr. Lawson followed. The room was small and a bit cramped. The ritual stood on a gold pedestal, glowing with silvery light. Yes, it's waiting for us, Ever smiled. It knows we're in danger. Micah, you should wield its power. When everyone was inside, Micah slammed and locked the door, startling Ever. I'm afraid it's what I have to do, Micah stared into Ever's eyes. Micah approached the ritual and took it from the pedestal. Its power surged through his body, as if cleansing him of all human limits. Turning his head toward Ever, Micah raised his right hand and pointed in his direction. His eyes glowed with bright white light, and his hands crackled with electricity. What are you doing, Micah? The ritual is not a toy, Ever scolded him. No, it's not, Micah said, continuing to charge his power. That's why you have to be stopped. Micah blasted Ever with white lightning. 
The alumni advisor collapsed on the floor, paralyzed. Micah. <coughs> Ever coughed. What in the world? This is for all the pain you've caused the fraternity, Micah gulped. You're nothing but an Umbra Omega piece of shit. Ever groaned in pain as he stood back up. No, Micah. Don't do this. Dr. Lawson stepped forward. Now, now, ever. You'll pay for evoking my beloved Shelley. He turned to Micah. Now finish him, Micah. Knock his lights out. Ever looked at Micah with pleading eyes. No, Micah. I've done nothing wrong. Raising his hands again, Micah attacked Ever with another blast of lightning. Ever did not fight back, and his charred body collapsed into the floor. <laughs> Dr. Lawson clapped and laughed. This is excellent. Well done, Micah. Well done. Now, let me finish what I started. With a sinister smile, Dr. Lawson snatched the ritual from Micah's hands. Holding the book doesn't burn anymore, Dr. Lawson said, lowering his voice. Now that Ever's unconscious, the protection is broken. Micah's eyes were stricken with terror. Dr. Lawson, what are you talking about? There are those who have been trying to stop me from reviving my beloved Shelley. I thought I had failed in my experiment using the ritual. But when I saw her again, my hope rekindled. Dr. Lawson laughed and ran his hand through the ritual's cover. Now, with Ever out of the way, I can finally finish bringing my wife back to life. Micah formed a fist with his hands. He was at a loss for words as he looked upon Dr. Lawson's crazed face. Dr. Lawson looked at Micah with pity. Unable to talk, yet preparing to fight? Foolish boy, you're no match for me. The symbol of Umbra Omega appeared on Dr. Lawson's forehead. His eyes glowed with a powerful red light as he unleashed a shockwave of raw energy at Micah, sending him colliding with the stone wall. Eric stepped in front of Micah and opened his arms wide. Stop! Give me the ritual now! Dr. Lawson sneered. How foolish. You can't tell me what to do, novice. He summoned another shockwave and flung Eric into the ceiling, leaving him mid-air. Do not interfere, boy. Eric's eyes flashed with white light. He teleported to escape Dr. Lawson's grasp and appeared behind him. Using all his strength, Eric blasted him with lightning. Startled, Dr. Lawson was hit directly and was sent flying against the wall. 
He dropped the ritual on the floor in between him and Eric. That is mine, Dr. Lawson screamed. You can't stop me. Dr. Lawson surrounded his body with a powerful white light, healing himself from Eric's attack. Then he jumped up at the ritual. Eric did the same. But Dr. Lawson used his cane to slide the ritual toward him, giving him a slight advantage. He regained control of the book. Dr. Lawson aimed his hand at Eric and used his telekinetic powers to swat him away like a fly. Already no lightning, boy. I'm impressed. But I'm afraid it's not enough. You're simply a vessel of untrained potential. Looking down at Micah and Eric, Dr. Lawson ran his hand through the ritual, petting it like a dog. Shelley is on her way, Micah, along with your former brother, David. Don't try to fight us. You can't win. Micah grasped at the floor, trying to get up. You're not going to get away with this, traitor. You're outnumbered. <sighs> Dr. Lawson sighed and sneered. Who's going to believe you? Face it, Micah. I will get what I want. Holding the ritual with a firm grasp, Dr. Lawson walked toward the exit. You're a good man, Micah. I won't kill you just yet. Have a pleasant time rotting in here. Chapter 30 Brother Micah The door slammed shut. Cold tears flowed down Micah's face. He was unable to move his body, paralyzed everywhere, and everything appeared hazy to him. How could Dr. Lawson do this? He was trusted by all the fraternity chapters, not just his. Now he needed to be stopped. Micah knew deep down in his heart that who Dr. Lawson thought was Shelley wasn't her anymore. She was only a shadow of her former self. Closing his eyes, Micah focused on healing himself. But the harder he strained his mind, the more he struggled. The little sparks of power he had left barely had any effect. Eric, Micah said, turning to him. Are you doing okay? Eric coughed. I can't move, man. It's over. No. Not yet, it's not. Try to heal me. You must have some kind of special power or something. For heaven's sake, you can shoot lightning. It took me freaking years to do that. Eric replied with a frown. I'm spent. I'm sorry. No, I'm the one who's sorry. This was never the fraternity experience that I envisioned for you. Micah stared into the ceiling, hoping for a miracle. 
Dr. Lawson was holding the ritual when he attacked, increasing the intensity of his power. Micah whispered, Ritual, help me. Help me help my brothers. Please. Chapter 31 Dr. Martin Lawson Dr. Lawson grinned as he carried the ritual into the house. He was finally free to bring Shelley back to her former self to stop the decay. When he saw Shelley's face during the fight at Hayden's funeral, it confirmed that his experiment with the ritual worked. The High Council told him that death couldn't be undone. They were all foolish, naive idiots. Dr. Lawson thought back to just after his first attempt to revive Shelley, just after he arrived at the house. He heard her voice call out to him that he needed to use the ritual's power to bring her back. He dug up her grave and tried to use its power to restart her heart. He thought it didn't work, but it did. Fadi and Adrian approached Dr. Lawson. Dr. Lawson, where are Micah and Eric? Fadi asked. They're in the rooms preparing for our fight with Umbra Omega. Don't worry, I have the ritual with me. Adrian nodded. Sounds good. The whole chapter is outside now, preparing for Shelley's arrival. Dr. Lawson rubbed his chin. Excellent news. She will be unable to stop us together. I'll be joining you guys soon. I'm just going to get Ever. I believe he's busy contacting the High Council for help. Fadi nodded. Yes, sir, thank you. At that moment, the front door opened. Ariana stepped inside. Her face was pale as snow. Guys, what's going on? Why are all of your brothers lined up at the fence? How come Micah isn't answering my calls? Dr. Lawson's eyes narrowed. He wasn't expecting Ariana to be here. He had to get rid of her quietly. Ari, we're under attack. Shelley is coming for the ritual. Ariana's eyes flooded with worry. What the hell? I need to see Micah now. Dr. Lawson moved to block the stairs. No disrespect, Ariana. But Micah is busy preparing to fight. We shouldn't disturb him. Ariana's hands ignited with flames. I need to see him now. Move out of the way. He wasn't answering his phone. Dr. Lawson held up his hands. Please go right ahead. So sorry. He watched in silent fury as Ariana climbed upstairs to Micah's room. He needed to perform the revival now. Time was running out. 
Chapter 32 Dr. Martin Lawson Dr. Lawson went inside his room and locked it. As he turned around, his eyes widened with sadness and relief. Shelley was lying on the bed. Her black dress soaked with blood. Her black umbrella, missing its blade, was lying on the floor. Shelley, my darling, our plan worked. I have the ritual. Dr. Lawson smiled at his wife. Shelley coughed up more blood. I know. Now hurry up and do what you need to do. I don't have much time. Dr. Lawson nodded. He placed the ritual near Shelley and put his hand on its cover. It filled the room with brilliant white light. With his other hand, Dr. Lawson touched Shelley's forehead and let the healing light engulf her body. He was speechless as he watched her decayed skin turn soft and youthful. She looked exactly as she did when he lost her. Keep going, Martin, Shelley smiled. I'm almost back. You must not fail. Dr. Lawson continued using the ritual's powers to revive Shelley. Her silvery gray hair turned jet black once more. Finally, her death-stricken eyes opened and were restored. Dr. Lawson smiled. Yes, it was finally done. Shelley was alive once again. He finally reversed death. Shelley stood up from the bed and dusted off her black dress. Stretching as if asleep for a year, she yawned and smiled at Dr. Lawson. Welcome back, Shelley, Dr. Lawson exclaimed. I knew I would be able to bring you back. I never quit trying. Dr. Lawson gave Shelley the tightest embrace he had ever given. He closed his eyes and kissed her. At that moment, all the lies he told the fraternity became worth it. But then he felt the cold stab of a knife in his back. Letting go of Dr. Lawson, Shelley stepped back. The knife she held was dripping with his blood. Dr. Lawson coughed. My darling, what the hell are you doing? Shelley's eyes flashed with red light as she telekinetically pushed Dr. Lawson against the wall. She ignited his hands and legs with burning blue flames. Shelley sneered. You should have listened to the High Council, old man. You cannot reverse death. I've become the perfect lamb. Umbrella will be victorious. With his mouth sputtering with blood, Dr. Lawson's last vision was that of Shelley. The real Shelley. The one who he failed to save. This Shelley, he finally realized, was someone else.
With one last regretful breath, Dr. Lawson collapsed into his death. As he dropped his cane, his last hope was that Soul Alpha would be able to stop the monster he created. Chapter 33 Lady Ariana Ariana banged on Micah's door. Micah, what the hell is taking so long? No answer, just like on his phone and text messages. Ariana felt a surge of chilling energy in her heart. She knew somehow that Micah was in danger. A powerful urge was driving her to find him. She sensed the flame of Micah's soul and that it was fading away. Adrian and Fadi appeared behind Ariana. Surprised, she grabbed Adrian's arm. Tell me where Micah is. He's in danger. Adrian laughed. Just chill. <laughs> he went to get the ritual earlier with Dr. Lawson, and he's probably in his room now. Not amused by Adrian's joke, Ariana blasted Micah's door with a powerful beam of fire. Once the smoke cleared, Ariana saw that Micah was nowhere inside. Ariana pushed Adrian against the wall. Look inside. He's not here. Now take me to him. Adrian nodded and opened his tracker on his phone, hoping that it would pick up Micah's signal. Sure enough, it did. Micah was still in the basement, along with Eric. Fadi looked at Adrian. They were supposed to be out of there with Dr. Lawson already. How come they're still there? Ariana grabbed Adrian's phone and confirmed what Adrian just said. Well then, let's head down there and see. Do you mind? Adrian asked, extending his hand to Ariana. Let's just teleport inside. Ariana nodded and took Fadi's hand. In a few seconds, the three of them teleported inside the ritual room. Just like she sensed, Ariana saw Micah lying on the floor. She ran to him and listened for a pulse. There was one, but it was faint. To her right, Eric and Ever were also unconscious. Hurry up and heal them, Ariana ordered. Fadi went to Micah. Adrian went to Eric. Fadi went to Micah. Adrian went to Eric. Focusing their powers, they revived their brothers back to consciousness. Micah, thank the architect. Ariana broke into tears and kissed her boyfriend. Micah winced as Ariana helped him up. Dr. Lawson stole the ritual and destroyed the protections I placed on it, a gentle voice said. Ariana turned around and saw Ever, his face covered in cuts and bruises. He was hiding behind the pedestal. I'm glad to see you all here. My strength is all but gone. Find Dr. Lawson and take the ritual from him. I have faith in all of you. Micah, Adrian Fadi, and Ariana helped Ever stand up. Using her powers, Ariana forged a crystal cane for Ever and handed it to him. Don't worry, Ever, Ariana said. We will do whatever it takes.
smiling. Ariana looked into Micah's eyes. Won't we, babe? Micah nodded. We'll get it back. Startling Ariana, the house rumbled and shook. She knew that they needed to escape or be crushed to death. Everyone held each other's hands, closed their eyes, and teleported. Chapter 34 Brother David As the house's foundation shook, every single one of its windows shattered into pieces. David, still in Umbra Omega, looked down at the house. He realized that the mistress had finally taken possession of the ritual. Behind him was a dozen reanimated alumni from Sol Alpha and Delta Lux. Each one was under the control of the mistress. The Umbra Omegas each wore black suits and red ties. Now that the mistress had the ritual, the Umbra Omegas were free to march into the estate grounds. Once just outside the tall gates, David used his powers to rip it open while the others watched in obedience. At the other side of the gate, the remaining brothers of Sol Alpha stood guard. The two groups stood face to face with each other. The mistress has won, David said with a flat tone. Move out of the way so we can witness her ultimate purpose. One of the Sol Alpha brothers stepped forward. David, I have huge respect for you, but you've been lost to her corruption. We have no choice but to stop you. David uttered a dry laugh and adjusted his glasses. You say that as if you have the power to actually do it. Five bright lights appeared in front of the crumbling house. It was Micah, Ariana, Fadi, Adrian, and Ever. Shocked to see them alive, David's eyes flashed with angry red light. You keep seeming to defy death, Micah. Why don't you just be a good little boy and leave while you still can? I'm giving you the chance to flee. Micah stepped forward. I'm not going anywhere, David. Dr. Lawson has to be stopped. David's hands crackled with black lightning. He let out one of his rare laughs. Dr. Lawson was simply a piece of the puzzle. I don't think you'll have to worry about him any longer. What are you talking about? David laughed again. This isn't the first time that Umbra Omega has walked the earth, Micah. Because of Lawson's pathetic weakness for Shelley, our founder will be free from his imprisonment. The ground shaking grew even more powerful. David grinned while he watched the house's door crack and its walls crumble. Fire ravaged through the structure, devouring everything in its path. From out of its smoky debris, the mistress emerged, covering her face with her black umbrella. She was holding the ritual in her hands. It is time, David said. 
He teleported to Shelley's side on top of the house's fiery ruins. Looking down upon Micah and his officers, David took Shelley's hand. By my hand, you shall be sacrificed, David said. Shelley, with absolute certainty in her eyes, replied, Anything for the founder. Chapter 35 Brother Micah It all seemed like a nightmare to Micah. The chapter house was burning down, and his big brother was on top of its ruins with a crazed undead woman. Ariana grabbed Micah's hand. Her fire powers spread warmth throughout his body, removing his sense of frozen helplessness. She always knew what he needed, and he was glad that she was there. The couple took a step forward toward David and Shelley. It was time to put things right. The group of Umber Omegas walked forward with glowing red eyes. They all looked like demons beneath the night sky. Fadi, Adrian, Eric, and Ever got into fighting stances and readied their powers. Ever put his hands on Micah's shoulder. Be careful, my brother and friend. We'll hold them off. You get the ritual back. The Umber Omega struck first, throwing out blasts of dark energy and ice. The whole chapter ran forward and counterattacked with explosions of light. As Micah looked at them, he prayed that they would all survive. Let's go, Ari. Let's defeat my brother. Chapter 36 Brother David Time was running out. David needed to perform the ceremony before Micah could interfere. Using rubble from the house's ruins, David used telekinesis to create a hexagonal pedestal for the mistress. Now, mistress, lay on it, David ordered Shelley. She closed her umbrella and did as she was told. I'm ready, she said. David placed the ritual on her stomach and opened it to the fourth page, which had nothing but black ink on it. At last, you will return my founder, David said. Umbra Omega will serve justice upon the earth. Stop! David turned around. It was Micah and Ariana, just like he expected. He wasn't worried, though. He had an unlimited supply of energy thanks to the ritual. His former brother wouldn't stand a chance. I'm ordering you to stop, David, Micah yelled. This isn't you. Be quiet, David yelled, shooting a black lightning bolt at Micah. This is of my own free will. Ariana stepped forward and reflected the bolt with a glass-like barrier, hitting David with his own attack before shattering. David felt the sting of lightning surge through his body. But thanks to the ritual's power, his wounds disappeared in an instant. A deep voice filled the air. David turned to the black ritual page. Focus, David. Finish the ceremony. A man's face formed on the black page. It resembled an elderly man with an angry scowl.
Umbra Omega's founder. Do you it, boy. Set me free. David nodded and aimed a ritual knife into Shelley's heart, but Micah's telekinesis stopped him. David screamed. Let go. I must do this for Umbra Omega. For justice. David threw more lightning bolts in Micah's direction. Chapter 37 Brother Micah Again, Ariana reflected David's attack at him with a barrier. The reflected attack damaged him, but the ritual again healed him. Ariana's face paled as she gasped for air. I can't keep doing this. It's too much. <laughs> you see, Micah, David laughed. There's no chance of stopping me. Micah yelled back. We'll see about that. Looking back at Ariana's tired face, Micah stepped forward and threw a bolt of lightning at David's knife. With laser precision, the knife turned to dust. David shot Micah, an angry scowl. You'll pay for that. He aimed both hands at the couple and fired a barrage of black lightning bolts. Micah and Ariana glanced at each other before raising their hands. Micah fired with white lightning, and Ariana unleashed a stream of flames. With their powers combined, they pierced through David's attack and blasted him with a direct hit. With this, David collapsed to the floor. The man's face in the ritual screamed as David's body was cleared of all wounds. Your efforts mean nothing, Micah. Rise, my vessel. David's body was once again covered with the ritual's power. Again, he stood up without any wounds. In his hand, his knife was restored from ashes. David yelled at Micah. Stand aside, brother. You cannot hope to stop me. Before Micah could react, David plunged the knife into Shelley's heart. The knife and the ritual glowed with an angry red light as Shelley's piercing scream echoed through the air. Her mangled body turned into pure energy that was sucked into the ritual's black page. David yelled with triumph. Yes, I've done it. I've fulfilled her ultimate purpose. Micah could not believe his eyes. What was the effect of David's forced actions? What were the consequences of this? His heart pounded against his chest as never before. The red light in David's eyes disappeared and returned to silver. A dark cord appeared from the ritual's black page and wrapped itself around David's neck. Weak, but still conscious. Micah and Ariana approached David with desperation. They weren't going to accept failure just yet. Micah felt someone put their hand on his shoulder. He turned around and saw that Dr. Lawson and Shelley had manifested themselves as spirits. With a tearful smile, Dr. Lawson pushed Micah forward. Micah felt his power restored to its fullest. 
Go forth, Micah. This is the least I could do. Dr. Lawson smiled. You have no idea how dangerous the man inside the book is. Shelley smiled as she did the same for Ariana. We will rest now. We're sorry for what happened. Mike knew what he had to do, but he needed to make sure that Ariana was along for the ride. You know what needs to happen, Micah told her. Are you prepared? Ariana pulled Micah forward. As long as we do it together. Micah and Ariana went forward and grabbed the ritual. With all their focus and energy, the couple held hands and combined their powers as one. David opened his eyes, realizing what was happening to him. It was the real David. He had returned. Micah, no, he choked. This is my responsibility. Micah took one last look at Ariana and David. This is for the best. I hope that you bring the fraternity back stronger after this. Goodbye, David. With a flash of fire and lightning from the sky, Micah and Ariana destroyed the black cord that was strangling David, freeing him from its grasp and teleporting him to safety. I'll see you at the other side, Ari, Micah said. Ariana smiled, kissing him one last time. With that, Micah and Ariana's bodies turned into pure light. Together, their energy destroyed the ritual into ashes. Light particles spread all over the estate grounds. The Umbrella Megas who fought the brothers disappeared into light. All of them had smiles as their pain melted away. Eric, Ever, Adrian, and Fadi cheered as dawn broke. As the brothers looked at the ruined house, they had a moment of silence to remember everyone they had lost. The conflict was finally over. It was time to rebuild. Chapter 38 Brother David The next morning, David, Eric, Fadi, and Adrian examined the remains of the house. David picked up a piece of a shattered picture frame. It was a picture of Micah and Ariana during last year's formal. I can't believe I was responsible for some of this. I'm really sorry, you guys. Fadi rolled his eyes. For the millionth time, David, stop apologizing. That's all you said last night during our meeting. I know, and... Stop. Don't say another word. David nodded. Noted. Adrian closed his eyes and tried to teleport. But like everyone else, he was out of power. Fadi tried to move a piece of rock with his mind, but it had no effect at all. Let's face it, guys, Eric said. We're all regular humans again. David turned to Eric. We might not have our powers anymore, but we're still a family. Let's not forget that. 
In the distance, David saw three figures walking towards them. He could recognize one as ever, but he could not make out the other two without his glasses. As they walked closer, David remembered who they were. It was the High Council of Sol Alpha. Grand President Jax Honor Amor and Council Member Preston Lupin. Jax was a tall Filipino man and Preston was a Chinese man who wore a white top hat. They both wore the standard white suit and golden tie. The three council members were together, something that only happened once a year or in emergencies. Word must have traveled fast. David, Fadi asked, what the hell are they doing here? I don't know, David whispered, noting the scowls on Jax's and Preston's faces. But it doesn't look good. The council members finally made it to the officers. Jax and Preston shook everyone's hand while glaring at the ruined house. David straightened his back. Grand President Jax, it's great to finally meet you. Jax glared into David's eyes. Would you care to explain what happened here and why every brother in the world no longer has powers? I had to fly a plane to get here, and Lord knows I haven't done that in decades. The report is this, sir, David said. Gulping. Micah was forced to destroy the ritual. Dr. Lawson was abusing it to revive his wife, who used me in an attempt to free someone inside the ritual. Jax's face turned pale, as did Preston's and Evers. The three council members exchanged frightened glances. Je ne comprenais pas. Preston asked in French. Excuse me? Did you say free someone from the ritual? David replied, Yeah, what's, what's the matter? That's not good, Jack said. That's not good at all. Excuse us for a moment, young president. Ever Jax and Preston huddled in a circle away from the officers. David could not hear what they were saying, except that Ever sounded angry at the other two. David slowly walked toward the huddled council members. He listened in on their conversation. Jax whispered to the other council members. We'll talk about the consequences of this later. Now we need to focus on what's at hand. He turned back to the officers and spoke in a louder voice. Under our unanimous vote, the High Council has decided to allocate funds and manpower to restore the Alpha Chapter to its former status. With a deep sigh, Jax and Preston turned around and started walking back to their car. Jax gestured toward David. You'll be seeing me again for sure, young president. Ever, you're welcome to come with us to get dinner. Ever grinned. I'll take a rain check. I've 
already ordered the builders to come in a few hours. Preston laughed. Want to be confident. Suit yourself. We're getting surf and turf without you. David called out to Jax. Wait, why did you guys look afraid when you heard about what happened? Jax looked into David's eyes. Didn't you hear me the first time? I'll hold you to it, David replied. Looking annoyed, Jax scoffed and walked away. After the other council members left, Ever picked up an antique doorknob. It was the same one from the front door of the old house. Ever smiled, igniting a cigar. Get ready to roll up your sleeves, boys. It's time to rebuild this place. Absolutely, David nodded. We'll build a stronger alpha chapter, right guys? Eric, Foddy, and Adrian nodded. As the sun shone bright among the clouds, David looked up and thought of his brother. I'll make sure that Alpha Chapter rises again, Micah. I promise for you and Ariana. Rest in peace. Preview House of Soul Alpha Part 2 The Book of David Beneath the house's ruins, in a dark room hidden deep beneath the vaults, was a chained black box. Red lightning filled the entire room as its chains dissolved, releasing the box from its restraints. The box lid flung against the stone wall, shattering it into many pieces. It transformed into a black coffin that opened, revealing a tall, unconscious man inside. The man looked no older than twenty, but he had an air of dark elegance about him. A seething rage soon overshadowed it. Opening his glowing red eyes, the man brushed off thick cobwebs from his long red hair and torn black suit. He took a long, deep breath. At long last, he was finally free to do as he wanted. The symbol of Umbra Omega appeared on his palm. He was finally free from being imprisoned inside the ritual. As the man stepped forward, he collapsed on his knees and felt a sharp pain in his legs. He was still weak from what had happened in the 1960s, and with Micah's interference with the ceremony, he needed time for all his power to come back. He had failed to take over David's body. The man flashed a wicked smile and chuckled to himself. Yes, there was no need to be hasty. What more was a few months of waiting. Extinguishing Soul Alpha's light needed to happen slowly. He wanted the new brothers to suffer as he did. Focusing on gathering his lost powers, the red light in the man's eyes transformed into white light. His black suit repaired itself of all tears and turned white. Using some of the little strength he had, the man teleported himself out of the ruins. He found himself on top of a tall tree branch, looking content with the damage he created. To him, the ruined house looked like a half-finished masterpiece. Soon, 
they will all join Umbra Omega, or suffer as I did. No, they won't. A voice told the man, You're no match for them, Brian. The man turned around and saw an older man standing on the branch with him. He was wearing a white suit, just like what the Soul Alpha brothers wore. You, Brian hissed. How dare you show your face? They won't stop me. Not again. The old man nodded his head. Brian, this is a second chance. You must not do this. Brian's eyes turned a bright red as he prepared to blast the old man with lightning. He stopped midway, remembering that he needed to conserve his powers. I will be watching, the old man laughed. I hope that you have a change of heart. He disappeared into a cloud of gold and silver dust. Brian's mind seethed with anger. I'll show him. I'll show them all. Justice will be unleashed upon this broken world. This is Jacob Veritas. We hope you have enjoyed this production of House of Soul Alpha Part 1, The Book of Micah. House of Soul Alpha Part 1, The Book of Micah, is a production of The Light of Truth Press. All rights reserved. Music and sound effects licensed through Envato. House of Soul Alpha is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, locales, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual persons, living, dead, or resurrected, or actual events is purely coincidental. House of Soul Alpha is available exclusively on Amazon.com and its associated apps as part of the KDP Select program.